When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Happy Valentine's Day. We are the Junkies coming to you live on 106.7 The Fan and the Team 980 in the DMV in Richmond. Appreciate you checking us out on 910 The Fan, 105.1 on the FM side. And we're streaming live on the Odyssey app wherever you may be. You can also check us out. On the monumental sports network on the TV side. Brought to you by our friends at Crop Metcalf. The official heating and cooling company of the Junkies. If you want to be their next five-star HVAC technician or plumber, just visit CropMetcalf.com to join their team. We thank you for tuning in this February 14th, 2024. I'm John Paul Flame, joined by Eric Bickle. Morning. Morning. Johnny Cakes Allville's here. Hello, everybody. Happy Wednesday to ye. And Jason Bishop. Happy Valentine's Day, Cakes. Happy Valentine's Day. Will you be my Valentine's today? Sure, why not? Cakes is my Valentine. Let's do this. Be mine. What happened? Did you do anything yet for Valentine's Day? Did you buy your your sweetie something, Jason? Are you going to take her out tonight? What are you doing? No, we went to dinner last night. That's the move is to do a a pre-Valentine's Day dinner. You don't have to worry about the crowds. Only rubes are going to go out on actually Valentine's Day. You You just can't do it. I mean, places would be overflowing. I mean, just we, so crowded. We went to, uh, had Thai last night. It was good. Uh, Place was wide open. You didn't do a Taco Tuesday? Nope. No. Pretty, you did a Thai Pro, Tuesday. Thai Tuesday. You're pretty programmed. He's pretty regimented. I know, but yesterday we we veered. Let me guess. Your Thai food had some sort of, like, lemongrass in it. You had, like, lemongrass chicken. Pad Thai chicken. Mm. Excellent. Okay. Good. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I told Dee I'd, I'd take you out to dinner tonight, but, you know. I take the kid to volleyball. Yeah, I'll be getting arrested. You have responsibilities. That's all life is. Got swimming tonight, six thirty, seven thirty. Can't do it. Couldn't do it yesterday either because I had although, to be in Herndon. I, ah. Although what Cakes and Jason are talking about, I actually asked my wife last night. I was like, "Do you want to go out tonight or do you want to do it Saturday night?" And she didn't even blink. She said Saturday. Yeah, it's from the, yeah, the that's Valentine's Day grizzled vets. Don't. You, you just don't go out on Valentine's Day. You learn that over over the course of years. Yeah. I did the hack move um, <laughs> last night. So um, I pick up carpool yesterday, and Isabella's friend came over, and then I coached basketball at 5, and I just said, she's not on the basketball team. I was like, do you want to play basketball tonight? And she said yes. And I said, okay. And so I dropped her off at her parents' house at 6.15, and she had left something at our house. So I don't like things lingering because mm-hmm. sometimes it'll last forever. So I was, and I don't mind getting out of the house. And in the back of my mind, I was thinking, oh, it is a time to, to get out of here. My wife can get Isabella to bed. And so after dinner, I get this bag that, that Isabella's friend had left. And then it did dawn on me. Oh, I haven't even bought a card mm-hmm, yeah. for Valentine's Day. So I went into Harris Teeter, 
and the place was jam-packed. Oh, of course it was. And I realized, you know what, maybe I should get two cards. I'll get one Damn. for the wife and one for my little one. And then I just did the hack move. I got, I mean, I think it's awful. My, my daughter will be excited when she wakes up. I got a balloon and a little candy box, mm-hmm. which was a you know, heart-shaped candy box. I think it was, I've already forgotten if it was Hershey Kisses. It, yeah. was, it was something like that. And then I got flowers. They had a bunch of flowers there. You know, they had thirty nine ninety nine. They had twenty nine ninety nine plus five dollars off if you're a Harris Teeter member. Yeah. I, I went to the twenty nine. I don't know which is a bigger scam: the Mylar balloon scam or the greeting card scam. Because you can't find a greetings card for under five bucks these days. Good luck doing that. I oh, actually yeah. did but, find one. Really? <laughs> yes, it was the one for the kid. Yeah, for daughter, one ninety nine. Wow, that's now that's the other solid. one was probably like five or six bucks. Sure. And then the balloon. I mean, I mean the, the balloon probably cost more than the candy. I mean, what does a mylar balloon go for? Four or five bucks? I mean, there's. No, Cost a nickel to produce those in China or less. How, how can it cost more? It's a flimsy piece of plastic that you fill up with helium and you tie a little string to. You know how? What a joke. You know how I'm not a Halloween guy? Yes. Not my Valentine's guy. Yeah, I am a Halloween guy. So is that guy yeah, yeah. across no, the table. I think table. all you guys are. I might even be less of a Valentine's guy. <laughs> yeah. You want to talk about a contrived sure. Hallmark holiday mm-hmm. that's literally meaningless. I mean, if you're 16 years old and you got yeah. a new girlfriend, that's sure. cool. Your testosterone or, is just raging yeah, out of but control. When you've been married almost 30 years, yeah. trust me, my wife and I, like the max we would do would be dinner. And we can't mm. even do it. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not going to get her some. So no con- card? No. <laughs> Candy? No. Flowers, I set up. No. I think hey, I did a just, decent hey, job. Love you. Right. Uh, what what time? See, are you, yeah, I'll yeah, see you I'll see after you at nine o'clock. <laughs> yeah, I'm taking Kate. I'll see you. You know, happy gotcha. Valentine's Day. Yeah. I set it up on the table. Agreed. So I made sure I was kind of like the last one to bed, and then I went downstairs because I had kept the stuff in the car, mm-hmm. and then I just set it up on the kitchen table. So when they come downstairs, there's, nice. oh, there's flowers. Oh, there's candy. Oh, there's a balloon. I guess you're just a better man than me. I just don't buy it. But I felt like it was hack because I did it. If it's the thought that counts, I did it at Harris Teeter yeah. in five minutes yeah, I mean, or less. Yeah, the only the, reason it was even it, five though. minutes is it. because it's somewhat hard to sift through the cards with a bunch of donks to find one that's for wife and one that's for daughter. I just can't believe that you actually left the house because your daughter's friend left like a a, a, a knapsack over at your house just because you wanted it out of the house. I would just wait. no, but she just lives five minutes away. Yeah. So it's not a big deal. And like mm. I said, in the back of my mind. I hadn't gotten that Valentine's Day card, so yeah. I was like, well, they live in our old neighborhood, five minutes away, right by Harris Teeter. Yeah. Perfect time. Combo the errands. And I'm telling you, you were out of the game of having little kids. I am, yes. When you have little kids, getting them to bed is a big deal, mm, right? Sure. And if you could escape for a little while right. and pass the buck to to the wife, and then you come home and she's already sleeping... That's a big win. Yeah, all I had now to the loss was when I got home, she wasn't already sleeping. All I had to juggle last night was watching the Caps and watching the latest episode of True Detective. Good, you I caught did. up. I'm caught up. Yes, I did didn't you, watch the beginning like of the it? Caps. I did enjoy it, but I was I'm not caught up. So I was no spoilers here. I was in the car, you know, driving to to the friend's house and then to Harris Teeter and then back home, and. In an instant, they were down 2 nothing. I know they tied it. Yeah. By the time I got out of the car, it was 2-1. to one. It's just not meant to be this season. 
No, no. It's all about I'm still grasping. It. It's, still right. grasping it's like the Ripken thing. It's, it's yeah, it has nothing to do with the Caps. The team is terrible. It's Who all cares? about Ovi. I don't care. I mean, I, want, yeah. I wish Stromer well. I wish Oshi well. I wish Willie well. But it's all about Ovi. Ovi's back on a heater. Yep. He ticked it over on the goal Sixth track. Straight, right? Right? And yeah. here's what's great about it. He scored him from, from his office mostly. Right, it's fine. Good. That's yeah. what he does. Yeah. I don't care where he scores he from. He didn't get any younger. I think it just shows you that. Like earlier when he was shooting like 5%, you know, like this ridiculous race. He's just coming back to normal a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, I don't think he's going to have some outstanding year. He almost no, had a second one, too, by the way. Went yeah. in, inside of the pipe he's and somehow getting, bounced He's getting out. back. The, 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 the odds are coming back in his favor. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's progression to the mean. Progression to the mean. We always talk about mean. regression to the mean. So yes. is he 59 short? Or is it 59? Uh, he's at 836. Whatever that is this from is, 895, you can do that math. This is the heater that correct. we were hoping for. Yes. Um, and, you know, you know, you want the team to do well, but who cares? It's a, This is the Ripken run now. We're just, no, no. I still care. I still hold out. This hope. guy still, still thinks they have bit. a shot at the playoffs. I still grasp. They might, and he goes, we're six points out. I said, you know how hard it is to make up six points <laughs> in, in mid-February? Is. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's almost impossible. How many I, I, games have they won, Cakes, in their last nine? I'm pretty sure I know the answer. I mean, I, I don't and know. Their last leg was two? wins. The two? I, I think don't it's know one. Th- you yeah, can I mean, check it. Check it. But I'm pretty sure they've only won. Yeah, one. One game. In their last nine times. That was an impressive win at Boston. In <laughs> Boston. I, I'm going to go down swing until the end. I'll give I you. love the Ovi gold chase. Don't get me wrong. But I, until you tell me we're mathematically eliminated, I reserve the right to grasp you at should. the playoffs. Yeah, like, you didn't I'll give you a more alarming number. Okay. Since December 21st. Four days before Christmas. Yes. Christmas. Yes. They've got five wins. Hmm. That's distressing. You ponder that for I don't, a second. I don't Out of like how that. many games? I don't know. 25? Yeah, don't love that number. I'm just guessing on the number. but Cakes, why with the Caps do you still grasp to get an eight seed, but with the Wizards you want to you bottom out? Here's why. Because the Capitals over the years have been consistent, a consistent playoff threat. For sure. The Wizards have not. They've had a few for weird sure. outliers. And they've never really had a, a blueprint to try to get better. It's always been like a weird patchwork. Hey, let's get this weird free agent, pay him $20 million, and no real plan ever seemed to be in place. The Wizards need needed to be imploded and started from I'm going to answer for you, even though you didn't give this. Because in hockey, you have a chance. You can grasp. That's true. You like you can, a, you can squeak into the playoffs and you can, thing. Yeah, you can win the whole thing. In the NBA, sure. you, you're not going to do anything. The Caps won it in 2018. Nobody expected the Caps to be Stanley Cup a threat in that season. And they got hot. They rode Brayton Holpe and Kuzi and Ovi went nuts and they won the Cup. Right. I think that that's it's a fair point for sure. I'm just not. I just. I hate the tank so much. I like to point out any inconsistency. Now, if, if the Capitals sucked for ten straight years and didn't make the playoffs, I would want them. Well, they're kind of already tanking. Then I would want them to tank to try to get better. Yeah. If they if they pulled the a Wizards on us, I would want them to tank. Hey, you didn't answer. So Jason did Valentine's Day last yeah. night. Yeah. Eb's out on Valentine's out on Day. Valentine's Plus, day. he has volleyball tonight. I got stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm pushing it. it to Saturday. Yeah. What is cakes and the wifey going to do? Another owl visit? <laughs> I don't know if we're going to do anything. On is that what actually... he did last year? No, I'm just saying he he got all the the no, praise I, for skipping football one time gift. and doing. I got now. her a gift, but I mean I, I I'm not going out on Valentine's. What'd Day. you get? 
go to the club for dinner. I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to spoil it. Is she listening? It, I haven't given it to her yet. She could be. I mean, she could be on the way to school. Mm. That's not the most romantic gift, but it's like a, it's a practical gift. It's something. Yeah. All it's right, something. Yeah. Something she'll like, she'll use. Good. EB already ruined my Valentine's Day. Oh, he did? How? I shouldn't affect your Valentine's I, Day. You shouldn't. I know. But Don't let me affect you. You're, you're in my mind a lot more than you <laughs> should living be. rent-free yeah. in your brain? <laughs> I mean, it's whatever. If you like the commercial holiday, just... No, for... no, no. That's not why. Oh. It's already happened two days ago. I was at Victoria's Secrets. Mm. And it's Victoria's Secret. Secret. Yeah. And I was... Rifling, I was rifling through the panties, through okay. the silky panties. The panties. Yes, the five for thirty. Used to be five for twenty-five. Seven for thirty-five. If you get numbers, right? That's what and I, I just get. kept thinking about EB's big mitts, <laughs> doing the same thing. <laughs> yeah, trying to find something as silky quick as I can. Like, like, like well, how many other guys have yeah, touched How many these guys panties? have been touching this? <laughs> yeah. Opening the drawers like a pervert. Yeah. Just, it's so uncomfortable. And they're I just try to find five or seven, whatever the number is, and get I, out. I was in there way too long. Yeah. And I was just, I was it's getting, awful. I was just, you just feel like such a pervert. And and all the women are coming up to you asking you how, how they can help you. It gets very uncomfortable so on the air. on for me. Yeah. <laughs> Did you walk away with seven, though? I walked. She needed underwear. She. So yeah. I got seven nubbers, and then I got something. Silky. Something for you. Something, something for silky. daddy. Something yeah. I told you, last <laughs> time I went, I felt so uncomfortable that I just punted trying to get something sexy, and I just got a robe. I was like, oh, there's a nice robe. And she uses it all the time. I've like, literally what? never gotten anything sexy in there. I just get the cotton <clears throat> sillies, five the, for 25. The sillies. It gets very uncomfortable yeah. on the air. Very breathable. <laughs> That's it. Gross. I haven't been into a Vicky Secrets. I've been in one a long time. I don't know, Twenty years. I wouldn't even know what else. I don't to even get. know where the closest one is. Tyson's. <laughs> Did just, you go to Tyson's? Just is that where you mall. went? There is no, to go to any mall. Or you can. Or you can. Still around. Or I've done the deal where I punt because usually it's Victoria's Secret and I guess it's a sub brand pink. Okay. Yeah. And you can just get sweatpants at pink. I feel like pink is more for like younger people. Yeah, but sweatpants work. Didn't the guy? Like that, a, didn't the guy that? Founded Victoria's Secret, like sell it to somebody for a million dollars, and then that guy turned it into a global empire. Is that and then true? I think the dude offed himself. Did he? I think I could be wrong on that. I believe I'll have that's, to look I believe that's a, according to Justin Timberlake in the Social Network. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Is that where I'm getting that from? <laughs> I can't get his information. I don't know. I, I, I don't know if it's though. true or not. I but get most of my info from movies. I, yeah, I think he sold yeah. it. He sold it to some uh, conglomerate. Yeah, he sold out. For for like three million dollars, right. he turned it into a billion dollar brand, <laughs> yeah. and he jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge. There it is, according to Google, after five years of operation. Yeah, uh, Raymond sold the Victoria's Secret company for one million dollars yep. to his name was Roy Raymond to somebody named Wexner with Roy its five Roy. stores and a forty-two page catalog. <laughs> then reported to be grossing six million per year. That Wexner dude, I think, is all caught up in the Epstein stuff. I think. I, oh, that, is he an I Epstein dude? I, I <laughs> couldn't tell you. It's kind of weird for a guy to start a panty store. <laughs> hey, by the way, hey, you got to make your fortune somehow in this world. I mean, Brown. yeah, I mean, I guess. Certainly, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't know the first thing <laughs> yeah. about how it. Would we, how would you even start? Well, cakes, cakes is going to be my Valentine's today, so maybe I'll drop by and get him some panties. Right. Well, I I would prefer chocolate <laughs> to panties. I'll get you a box of chocolate too. Yeah, a chocolate that panties. <laughs> Please don't I combine those. Two I don't know things. if you want chocolate pants. <laughs> Cakes, do you know how the guy? Yeah. Do you know how the guy offed himself? I, I don't know, but I'm guessing you're going to tell me. 
So I don't know if it was because of the business. I'm sure it was. He also was divorced and whatever. Definitely jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge. Oh, Jesus. Oh, <laughs> you remember that, I told you I did research? To, that's not the good on way On the Golden go. Gate Bridge, you know how a lot of people die in that <laughs> when they jump off that bridge? Don't they, like, get sucked down get, into, the, into, like, the... They get stuck in the mud. Yeah, they don't actually <laughs> they don't actually die, die from when the they, impact. They yeah. get stuck they, in the mud They get down stuck there. in a puddle of yeah, mud. it's not high they, enough. And then they drown. That sounds like an awful way to go. Horrible way to do it. Oh, my God. Happy Valentine's Day. Hey, it's Tiger Week. It is Tiger Week. I watched him hit a few tee shots yesterday. Hey, you get to watch, you get to watch him wear his Sunday Sunday red, red yeah. merchandise. Hey, I didn't. I didn't. I, I read this yesterday, and I don't know if it was a, a goof thing, but they said he was averaging three forty two off the tee. Crazy. I, mean, I believe it with technology. He's built like Lou Ferrigno. So I, believe, I believe it. <laughs> I like the old old muscly guy reference. In Lou Incredible. Hulk. Yeah. I like that. So I'm not surprised. I mean, if you did, you look at his equipment. They got a yeah. I went through thing. the I went through the, the Golf Digest video of what's in his bag and well, the, yeah, golf. I, my website is Golf Works. Whatever yeah, it yeah, is, yeah, yeah, that's what it is. That's my joint. Yeah, I saw the video. I saw his old Cameron putter that had a had a, a mm-hmm. ding mark on it right in the center. <laughs> Speaking yeah. of videos, Valdez ruined my day yesterday by showing me ten seconds of an Ice Spice video. And now I just well, I her, can't unsee she's it. She's just um, twerking, right? I think there were there may have been. No, some it's twer- her it's her new song, and yeah. her new song. Um, Pickle loves it. She's <laughs> I, sure the, I know it. The genius lyrics in it is that she says, "I'm the S, you're just a fart." <laughs> it's just so bad. Right. Good line. She is talented. He's like, "You gotta watch this Ice Spice thing," <laughs> and you, I watch it for ten seconds. I, just, I can't. Can I just I can't believe it. What? Can you bleep it out and play? Uh, it? I'll see if I can find an edit. Yeah, version. I'd like to hear. it. <laughs> I'm just curious because I, this is a person literally I hadn't heard of, I don't well, think, until Sunday. Let me just tell you, I will never consume any more Ice Spice content. Well, you won't look it up on your own, but if Aldis plays it, you might hear it. I, mean, I just know there were some show. people saying that she was doing demonic things because her cross was upside down. Yeah. And in what many, is, many pictures, what else is the her cross is the right way. It just flipped over. I don't think so. <laughs> and then this is rock on. <laughs> no. People are saying devil horns. You don't, uh-huh. You're not even the fuck. God, she's awful. So stupid. I mean, this is, yeah, you think you're the ass. You're not even a fart. <laughs> kind of yeah, like not, the beat. This is, bad the, this is the latest example of why at least Jason and I, we need to climb into a spacecraft and launch and find someplace else to live. Don't worry. Because right. I don't belong here. You're about 20 years away from it. Hopefully. And that's Ooh, the dirt 20. map. Ooh. So I'm... <laughs> He's gone at 73. I mean, I'll that's be early. So bitter if I'm gone at 73. I mean, if the average life expectancy, it's going down. I mean, going backwards. I could be. I could be I think it's like 76, 77 for I'll a male. Yeah. So, yeah. What you, am I going to do? You got a $20 bill left in you if that's you're it? lucky. That's it? 20? Yeah. I'll take the over. <laughs> I don't, I don't want people lucky. betting on my mortality. Although I don't know his genetic background. Yeah, nobody, nobody knows. knows. Great enough. <laughs> Can't be, that, can't be that silly. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like Matthew. It's like Matthew it might be for suits. longevity. You never know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? You never know. He guys, the guy's a world class runner. He's got the he's got the got heart rate of Lance heart, Armstrong. Heart of a lion. Yeah. Silly. right here. Yeah. Right. All right, we've got to take a break. On the show today, we will talk to the head coach here, Washington Capitals, Spencer Carberry. He'll join us at oh, 7. Oh, he's not going to be happy. Uh, we're going to have a little back and forth on what's going on with the. New Arena, Potomac Yards, This is the biggest story in the world, by the way. Andrew McDonald's <laughs> going to join us at 8 o'clock. He's part of the coalition to stop the arena at Potomac Yard. And then kind of the counterpoint, 
Jim Van Stone, our buddy from Monumental Sports Entertainment, he's going to join up at eight, join us at eight twenty-five, and give us kind of the counterpoint from their side. Also on the show, Paul Rabel. Uh, we'll talk about Premier Lacrosse coming up at nine twenty-five, and Jimmy Trainer, a writer for SI Now, host of the SI Media podcast at nine. So we are packed on a Wednesday. Keep it here. Welcome back. Chucky's coming to you live on 106.7 The Fan and the Team 980 in the DMV. We are packed with a bunch of guests throughout the show. Also, we have Luke Bryan tickets to give away. So stay tuned for your chance to win those tickets. But EB's really distraught about the Ben Affleck, Matt Damon video <laughs> where they're throwing football. I mean, I'm just so disappointed. I mean, I know that everyone's saying, oh, it's edited or whatever. You see the way he grabs it. He doesn't even know how to. I mean, he can't even play catch. Fill us in a little <laughs> further. I didn't watch, like, some full video. I saw, like, a, I don't know. I've seen see the commercial. Duncan's releasing little videos, and I don't know how contrived they are. I don't know how they're just behind-the-scenes stuff. I have no idea. But. Damon appears to be able to throw at least like an average human. Yeah. Um, obviously, Brady's, you know, just throwing a ball through a donut or yeah. whatever, you know, 100 he's times just, in a row. He's just lacing it through there he's every time. He's just silly. Yeah. And obviously, I guess they're hyping up Ben, trying to make him look even worse. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I'm just embarrassed. I told Valdez during the show yesterday, if, if Ben Affleck proposed to one of my daughters, mm-hmm. I would tell them. Knowing he's worth half a billion dollars, you can't marry him it's, because your kids won't be able to play catch. Your kids. Well, if they have, maybe their genes they have her. His. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. it's going to taint the gene pool. It's like marrying Juanita. You know, she ruined Michael Jordan's kids. Um, I don't know. Michael Jordan should have followed the G. Gordon Liddy. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, so you need your future son-in-law. Yes. To be able to throw a spiral. What if your future son-in-law is Don't like care. a tech geek? Don't care. Not a la Bill Gates. Not as important to me. You would say uh, no? Yes, I'm not into er- that. Eric, <laughs> that's, that's not it big in my family. Eric's mi- Eric's misreading this situation. Yeah. It's uh, it's a goof. Ben I understand. Ben, Ben's, act, Ben's acting. He's He says. It's, it looks like it, yeah. The whole, the whole point of it is I could have been drafted ahead of you, Tom, as he's getting ready to throw a ball. I know. With and a quick edit. how awful he's throwing with it. With a quick but edit to him. But you see how he's gripping it and how he's even, like, pre- preparing Maybe to throw it. Maybe that was all shtick. It was all intentional. Okay. He was doing it on purpose. Maybe. <laughs> he was sticking it up. Maybe. What do you mean? How he's? I don't gri- know. How, what do you mean? I just how he's like the way he, the way he's holding it, and the right before he releases it, it, it looks to me like he's maybe thrown a football about four times in his life. <laughs> well, he was Forget a child about. actor, right? Yeah. He's I mean, just I, a I, I don't guy. know when he started in the theater and all that stuff. I, mean, I want to say I don't really care. I want to say he that, brought this Matt is my Damon guy in. from Goodwill Hunting, my favorite movie. This is, you know, I don't, I'm not a huge movie guy, but you know, some of my favorite movies have Ben Affleck in it. And the guy, the guy can't even play catch. Yeah, but he could. I don't know. I mean, I don't get size for that. It could be a goof, like Valdez is saying. No, I think clearly that's the point of the commercial. But you could still be an Affleck fan. It's harder. <clears throat> you know what harder. I mean? You could still lost, be an I lost, Affleck I lost, fan. I lost a little respect for him. I mean, I'm reading that they were both <clears throat> drama geeks in high school. Right, but Damon could clearly throw. Damon has clearly played a little catch. With uh, you know his dad or somebody, Mike McDermott looks old in this clip, man. It's depressing. Yeah, I'm just so used to seeing him sitting at a poker table, looking young and spry and handsome, and now he's just gray and just looks old. Yeah, they're old. They're old. our age. I just, I'm just so disappointed. 
You know, and then you, JP's response is, well, he's married to J-Lo. Okay, that's true. Give him credit for the guy's clearly uh, able to pull chicks. There's yeah, no question about that. The, the maintenance of being married to J-Lo. Can right. you only imagine? I mean, they look just, constantly miserable. I mean, it's just got to be so much daily maintenance I by think, bed. Like walking, I think marrying any celebrity. A, a trillion eggshells yeah. every day. I think marrying any celebrity has got to be the Didn't worst Didn't they buy thing. a house It was like... 25,000 square feet just for the two of them? Probably. Well, they I mean, they have a few ben kids that they probably visit occasionally. But, yeah. Yeah, but their kids are probably older now. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I think I think the daughter that he had with Jen is I like, walk on the eggshells <laughs> always with you. Yeah. I don't know. It, listen, I don't really care. I just see it, and it just it breaks my heart. Now I just want a big, giant, like, extra-large Dunkin' coffee. After all that, all that Duncan. Now I will hype. say he's getting twelve million bucks allegedly for that commercial. All right, well we need ben to look at ben. Ed. Wow. That's like a nickel to him. He's, well, we need to look at. Yeah, and it would be very hard to find. Yeah, to test whether he was doing it as a bit or whether he can actually throw the football. Is apparently in nineteen ninety three. Was he in a movie? He played a high school quarterback <clears throat> in an NBC TV show called Against the Grain. <laughs> And he played a steroid-abusing high school football player in a movie called Body to Die For in 1994, the Aaron Henry story. Some of his early work. I'm looking at an image of him throwing out a first pitch at a Red Sox game. How's it look? Kind of nubs. Not good, right? (laughs) Yeah. I can tell. There's video of him throwing a ball with his kid when they're young. and He just doesn't really know what he's doing. He doesn't really. It's not crisp. Yeah, but he was a hockey washout in the town, so he clearly has hockey talent. You guys, listen, (laughs) I'm a flawed human being. I'm not saying I have many flaws, maybe more than most. And I'm not great at anything. But I tell my kids, you can't marry someone unathletic. <laughs> it's just important. It's important. You have to be able sure to. Sure, they'll be thinking about that. We talk about it. That's your number one criteria? It comes up. It comes up. All right. What happens if, I mean, I'm not, right. I'm not exaggerating. I, I I'm not. a shallow I human. All right, so it Meg, comes up. So Meg is dating, has a choice between two guys. One yeah. is just like a stud at Cornell, quarterback yeah. of the football team. Right. But he's a jerk. Yeah. Or, well, I don't want her to marry a jerk. Uh, you know, you're not, not a nice guy. Like, you're, well, no, I don't want her to marry not a, uh, not a nice or person. Or the world's nicest guy, but he's just you, completely you, unathletic. You can't have what? children with someone that, that can't play catch. I don't pick one of the two. No, no, it's not. That's not the dichotomy. That's too diff. That's you can have two nice people. One nice guy that can throw a spiral, and one nice guy that's <laughs> a dork. You can't marry the dork. You just got. You know, there's plenty of guys. Most people can th- play catch. All right, I've got a video of him throwing a ball. <laughs> what do you think? He looks fine. <laughs> Jason's look, just a little. Look this right here. Ready? This is just the... Uh, Everyone's doing an investigation. The opening. This is the opening from Against the Grain TV series. Yeah. I'm watching the I mean, same video. Looks normal. <laughs> looks fine. Yeah. Grab, are you... What is, how's your evaluation? Could be a stunt double. He's wearing a helmet. Well, it's <laughs> a very good point. We can't see his Dancing actual face. face. That, that is true. I'm just not surprised. He's a theater kid. I'm reading. So his is dad, Damon. So is his, Damon. His, his dad was an alcoholic. Believe me, he I know. He escaped that... to start doing... That's uh, my guess, is that he didn't have a great relationship with his pops. He, he started doing stuff. Uh, like, think of Kevin McCarthy, PDK, okay? We did a sports challenge years ago with him. Kevin he couldn't throw is the more football, coordinated. But it's like he found something else to do. <laughs> sports wasn't his outlet. thing. I know. I get it. But this, I, get, I get it. 
You can't. Let I'm a it, shallow. You can't person. let it bother you, really. <laughs> it just. It just. He's not because the chances. Not, I don't. I don't. I don't idolize him as much. <laughs> I never idolized him. Well, I mean, as far as actors, I still go. like his movies. Movies are great. I don't know. If I don't I look at him differently anymore. in the I movies. I look at him differently now. You know, I don't. I think he's still a great actor. Yeah. He's funny. Really good director too. Great director. Yeah. At least three of the movies. That, that that last one he did with uh, Matt Damon. I don't know if he even directed it. Where they played like knights or something like that. I've yeah. already forgotten oh, the name yeah, of it. No, I, I had no interest in yeah, that I think one. It, it bombed at the box office too. It was like a big deal. It was like, oh, Matt Damon and yeah. Ben Affleck have written another movie together. Yeah. It's been a while a since hard, they did something together. I have a hard time believing and then when Ben I st- Affleck in like medieval times. Yes. <laughs> that, that's a bridge too far. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna be honest. Everyone was talking about that Duncan commercial. First, I thought it was stupid, and I didn't even understand it. What's like, the product? <laughs> well, I don't know. There's a new Duncan. product. The store. The Dunkin'. I don't yeah, know. Like, yeah. Maybe they have their own. I thing. think it's just promoting. Uh, yeah, who just knows? Promoting the store. Just promoting. Oh, I thought they were like they created some sort of new donut. No, or... I don't know. All I know is Darren Rubell was tweeting pictures of himself wearing the the, the uniform that they were wearing. What is he doing? Where, how do you get that? Is he getting an endorsement? He's plugged into all that sort of thing. Is he getting an endorsement? Sold, no, no, oh, no, no. They no. sold he, a limited edition. Yeah, he bought it. <laughs> oh, and he, he bought, bought it? one or they sent him one. Okay. It, it, hey, you want to talk about the world's biggest dork? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, so did you marry yeah, him? You, you like, would not let your would you tell your daughter him. to marry him? No, I, I can't. You can't? Yeah, yeah, sorry. That's exactly what I'm saying. So new menu, just to fill you in, Cakes would probably like this. I'm sure I would. Because... It's the Dunking's iced coffee. I'm already in. Which apparently is Ben's go-to order. Love it. So it's his first ever official coffee order. Uh, coffee order. It features classic iced coffee with notes of vanilla combined with cream topped with sweet cold foam. I know, but you had to Google that and to figure that out. You- and then the other thing is three munchkins placed on a skewer. What's a munchkin? Munchkins are uh, the donut hole. They're still oh, I like donut holes. <laughs> yeah, you think they're not oh, delicious? They're the and then you can <laughs> add that to anything. Holes. Oh, Hold on. So, so whatever you I want. Can, I can walk into Dunkin' and say, give me an extra large iced coffee, and then they're going to thread three munchkins on I guess the if you add for the Dunkings. I mean, then I'm in. Because you're dunking all, it in. Shoving all my chips in on the Dunkings. Is Dunkin'? Say, look. I'm in. <laughs> is Dunkin' yes. a Boston-based uh, company? Yeah, they're, they're yeah. big in Boston. All right, so here's the commercial, here's the commercial so, that yeah. no one likes. I actually thought it was pretty funny. I don't think you should do this. Last year, she came to my work. Now I got to show her what I can do. He's here. Ah, flat on the track. What up, Bronx? For your consideration, here comes the Boston Massacre. The Dunkies. Touchdown, Tommy on them keys. Play a coach. Got it. I'm open. And need no introduction, my partner. Sometimes it's really hard to be your friend. You said you were going to support me. Dunkies. Don't, don't go away. Yeah, I mean it was again, fine. I, I didn't even know what the product was. I just know there is no product. It was they're three. It was three they sound. They're just, one, they're just promoting no Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Dunkin'. And then the end. The end is she wants to keep Tom Brady there. Trust me. Yeah, I would like to be. I would like to be the fourth <laughs> Dunking. And, and then and then Damon's embarrassed that Affleck <laughs> did that. I mean. I they achieved their goal. Yeah, they did. We're talking yeah, about. We're it. I paid hey, you t- mean Ben Affleck didn't say I don't drink coffee, but if I did, I would drink Dunkin'. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think he said that. In the pitch that was meeting. a spec spot. <laughs> <laughs> Even worse. Um, I, I, I again, I am flawed Radio human. Insider. I don't like commercials on TV, and so except the ones that I star in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I didn't pay attention to any of them. But that's the only one I remember. Well, then that they Honestly, totally succeeded. achieved their goal. They've succeeded. Yeah, like, I don't, 
But I, I truly didn't pay attention. Yeah. My brain that shuts down. My I brain shuts that. down when I go to commercial. Because <laughs> well, there were superstars I, go, I get a snack it. or something or whatever. Yeah. But, I mean, there were superstars in the other one. I don't remember any of the other commercials. Was there any other one that was somewhat noteworthy that got? Because this one got all the attention afterwards. Was there I mean, any that was it, somewhat noteworthy? Sure, but there, there were others, a lot of bad commercials. I didn't see them. I didn't see any. I did right. See, did I, any of them? Can you remember any that? No, you're right. That's the one that sticks out in my mind. It's the only one that I actually did notice as it was occurring. Because I was trying to figure it out. I do. Remember, I, 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 I remember, remember the, Arnold in the State Farm commercials. Oh yeah, and he was saying about what was he saying? He was the, saying neighbor. 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 They have a different version with with the Beckhams. I didn't see it. Like I mentioned it before, they were showing the I'm Beckham. Sure, they bit did. I didn't beforehand. I didn't see it. So I saw an ad. You remember last week when I was complaining about how every commercial is a celebrity yeah. commercial? Mm-hmm. And I saw an ad executive say that. It doesn't even matter the commercial on the air, the eight billion bucks that they spend. Mm-hmm. The reason why all these celebrities are in these commercials is because the only thing they care about is Jennifer Aniston pinning that on her uh, Instagram or Twitter, and yeah. then it gets a bunch of views that way. They don't and, even care about. That's why you don't have a commercial without a celebrity anymore. That's why they all suck now and they're not funny anymore because they're just celebrity endorsements. Well, the commercial so that didn't have a celebrity on, on was Timu. I guess a Chinese, like some yeah. sort of Chinese online retailer. I think they bought like three or four ads. Like every time I turned around, this weird like Chinese retailer has is spending seven million dollars. They make. I thought they made like luggage. Am I wrong? No, what am I, I think it's just a, like an online marketplace. Thinking of Tumi. Tumi. Yeah, yeah. Timu's a new knockoff Chinese thing. Yeah. You didn't like your BMW commercial with Christopher Walken? Didn't didn't, yeah, didn't I, remember I didn't that see one. it. <laughs> Yeah, all the people were doing the voices. I don't sit there and watch commercials. Like literally, when commercials come on, my immediate my immediate move is I'm like a dog. I just I get up and go to the fridge, or I get up and get a drink, or I just poop. I just, I just don't I don't watch commercials. <laughs> I, I believe that you poop. You poop yeah. a lot. There's a lot of pooping. All right, we got Spencer Carberry, head coach of the Washington Capitals, who'll join us at seven here on the Junkies. You know, yesterday I put up the picture of the Wizards interim head coach Brian Keefe. On our Instagram page, give us a follow, Sports Junkies Radio. And because I said he looks like just a normal dad that I'm coaching first grade basketball against. Mm -hmm. And I put one of those fill in the blanks. What does he look like? And now I can't get out of my head that anytime I watch him, people said he looks like Gary Busey screaming. Oh, really? Really? And then if you look at the picture and you look at Gary Busey, it's like, I'm definitely going to see that every time I, I look know. at him on the sideline. I don't know if that's the comp you want, being comped to wild man, weirdo, Gary Busey. I don't know yeah. if that's, the, that's very flattering. I mean, doesn't he have dementia? Isn't that pretty much documented? Well, a, he also like he fell on a motorcycle, motorcycle yeah. and had a traumatic brain injury. Yeah. Uh, maybe a, I see maybe a little bit of. I don't know. That's what I see. Somebody else said Steve Nash. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think more Nash than Busey. You know I what know. I see? I see a guy Busey's who's old, seeing a lot yeah. of L's. That's yeah. what I see. Yeah. The I side by it. side, I, I I thought it looked like Gary Busey from the person who sent it in. Maybe Again, a little bit us, when he's screaming. Yeah, give us a follow, Sports Junkies Radio mm-hmm. on Instagram. He's probably screaming. Jordan Poole plays some defense. There's a story about Jalen Carter who. <clears throat> Of course, played at Georgia and then slid a little bit in the draft because of his legal issues and then is now with the Philadelphia Eagles and some trash talking he did with uh, offensive linemen for your beloved 49ers, Jason. Johnny Feliciano, his first year with the team. So 
it's pretty it's it's pretty incredible the trash talk that these guys were firing back and forth. So according to Carter, Feliciano was trash talking him about the car accident that resulted in the death of one of Carter's teammates. And then Feliciano says, this is a tweet. He said, dude told me he was going to murder me and my kids would never see me again three times because I was laughing at him after getting a flag. Mm. I said, I believe you got a body. Then he continued for weeks posting. He writes my fam and reaching out to my friends. He was actually beyond talking trash on the field. He then took it off field. Carter did. Right. That's crazy. Yeah, it's it, crazy, man. It's probably a low blow for Feliciano that to throw in you got a body, mm. meaning he killed somebody. Right. I mean, he yeah. was involved in the accident. Like, I think that's a stretch. Was he driving that's, the car? Or was it in the vehicle? Yes. He was no, driving. No, he was in the other car. He was, but he yeah, he wasn't driving the yeah, car. They were like racing. They were racing. Each he was other. driving the car. Right. That, the, so. the, the the car that was tra- uh, trailing them is the. They had the female driver right. and the player who died. Right. He was racing. But he his was Jeep. going about 90 in a 35. Right. I mean, he was really stupid. He yeah. was racing his Jeep Trackhawk against a Georgia football staffer when the other vehicle crashed, killing his teammate, Devin Willick. Right. And the staffer. All right. All that's fine. I mean, it's not fine, but for on the field, Jalen Carter posted photos of Feliciano's kids on his Instagram. Right. And said, I'm up with y'all. Right, yeah. which I think is some sort of lingo for yeah, your next. You're next. You're, you lost me with the lingo. I just I'm not, I'm not cool uh, enough to else, understand it. Someone else can explain that. Yeah, you it's can't. a bridge too far. It's well, crazy. Well, didn't this? I like trash talk. Didn't this originally start because Feliciano? I guess I don't know on social media, or I don't know how he did, but or when he did it, but he was blaming his teammate for one of the missed blocks on the the critical. Third down play that yes. Chris Jones got in. And he blamed Spencer, Spencer Burford. Buford. Yeah, he, he blamed him. And then isn't that when the reaction came from Carter? Yes. Yeah. And then Carter jumped in and said, this is the same, same guy, guy who said, I got a body on the football field. Right, mm-hmm. right. Maybe they're both D-backs. They're bo- oh, I'm I mean, sure they seems are. Like it. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, That's I, probably correct. I, I don't know what to make of it. Did you ever get to a, into trash talking when you were playing, Jason? I mean, I'm sure we did. Yeah, I'm gonna um, guess Morgan Wooten probably frowned upon that, and and yeah, but I mean, you trash talking. Yeah. I mean, he's yeah. not gonna hear everything. But these guys are idiots. <laughs> I mean, both of them are stupid. Social media. I mean, it's all coming through social media. <laughs> Dumb. Yeah. yeah. Didn't Jalen Carter start off like gangbusters too this season and then just faded? Oh, did he fade? I don't I know what so. his total numbers were. He did have some big games early, like I mean, the first I think month the and a half. Eagles but, defense in general. I do faded. remember that. Huh. I was I, I didn't know that. I thought he I just thought he was just had a stud year and everybody just you know whiffed on him because he had of the six character. sacks no. as a rookie. He he did start hot. I feel like Jalen Carter and maybe I'm wrong will be one of those guys that's really good his first couple of years and then once he starts like that second contract and he's been he's gonna mail it in. he's gonna chase young it well then his like you know maybe some of these true character concerns might come out. You know? I mean like- he was clearly the best prospect in the draft last year and he fell to nine. Uh-huh. Ten, whatever it was. Well, he, this shows you what kind of characters he is. I mean, right. if, if this is true. This kind of stuff, yeah. He had four sacks in the first eight games and only two sacks in the final nine. And I know sacks, he's an interior defensive lineman. I know that's not the be-all and end-all, but 
Um, yeah, I could buy into that drab. I don't know. I it just I don't love the 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 incident heading into the pros. Well, clearly, I don't and, love this. And then he's posting uh, pictures of an opponent's kid on his Instagram. I mean, that's but some guys crossing a line. Some guys who have baggage or beast throughout their career. Tyreek Hill had a lot of baggage coming oh, to yeah. the pros. Oh, and, he still has baggage. Uh, beast. A great player. He's a great player, but I think he's got like four kids in like a three-month period or something. Like, remember that? Like, he, I do remember that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he had some crazy but now he's happily married. thing. <laughs> Apparently. Yeah, but while he's married, a bunch of women just all had babies around the same time. <laughs> all right, he likes to procreate. He's like... Hey, I mean, everybody likes to procreate, but I mean... You gotta yeah, the guys, he's like Nick Cannon. <laughs> Yeah, you gotta leave a exactly. legacy. You gotta leave a legacy behind. So I guess Feliciano was talking trash to Carter on the field when they were playing each other. Right, that's yeah. where it stemmed from. Yeah. And then it's so that wasn't a social over. media thing. It was the reaction was social media. The reaction was social media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it didn't start on social. Yeah. Um, but yeah, who knows? And, and, I, mean, I, and I, I generally wouldn't take it seriously that field. a guy on the field says I'm going to murder you and your family. But if he put stuff on Instagram too, who knows? Look, I'm not big. I'm not big on trash talk either. I'll give you a little insight. Like in the lacrosse world, at least my son's team. Yeah, I mean, in the, in that conference, like there's a lot of trash talk. They chirp each other in warmups. They, you know, it, it, it's it's pretty vicious. Yeah. Um, both teams, all, all the teams do it that I'm aware of. Um, I like a little trash talking now. I never was very the good. Game, no, like in basketball, generally stretching. No, generally in basketball, a big part like, of the culture. It's weird, you know. If you get in like a little duel back and forth, unfortunately, I wasn't good enough to get into too many duels, and you had to kind of be a nubs player. Mm-hmm. But every once in a while, playing basketball, I might have a back and forth where I score, the person comes back and me scores, then you score on them. Yeah, I know that's kind of standard. Yeah, I can't imagine that. Feliciano but that's more innocent. Is the only player this year that gave Carter crap about that incident. I can't imagine that. Here's the only thing. I mean, he, they, he didn't have intent. He was reckless. You, that clearly, yeah. not defending him, but it's not like he went out there and intentionally tried to murder someone. He was just no, no, no. It was incredibly. No. It was a horrible decision. She's the one reckless. She, the the girl who was driving the car made she the horrible decision. She was the staffer. Decision. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, she was trailing him through the town. I mean, they're both stupid. Her blood alcohol Correct. content was point one nine. Yeah, she was hammered. It was, oh, she was obliterated. It was her fault. Yeah, I mean, that's I get like, it. Yeah. Two and a half times legal limit. Was he drunk? Oh. He was. So that that's all that I think he left the scene and then eventually came back. Yeah. So th- is that part of the deal, though? Was he charged with uh, drunk driving? Mm, he, had, he had a bunch of charges. I don't know if he was charged with drunk driving. Okay. Because everybody I, knows. I, I don't, I'd have to go back and look at the story. At this point, how, you know, that's... But, I mean, it was all on video. Yeah. Well, apparently that was something he did on the regular because he had been cited for traffic violations three times during the fall semester, twice by campus hey, authorities. Traffic violations, they happen to the best of us. Uh, for traveling <laughs> 89 in a 45. Ooh, that's yeah. moving. That's, and the 89, yeah. I'm questioning could, whether it was an 89. That might have been like a bump down yeah, by the police. Down. It's like knock it down below well, 90. Also, it could be like what I got trapped in in New York where all of a sudden it's 65, then it goes to 45. For like a two mile stretch, mm-hmm. and eighty nine and a forty five is pretty aggressive. That's moving. right. But what if it was sixty five just two seconds before, like it happened to your boy? <laughs> Couldn't understand why I got pulled over. All right, coming up next, the Caps are in a bit of a tailspin. Where we'll talk to their head coach, Spencer Carr. Hey. 
Hey, Mel. Bri here. Gotta work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty... Daddy! Hey, Mikey! If you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as... Right. Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Welcome back. Chucky's coming to you live on 106.7 The Fan and the Team 980 in the DMV. in Richmond, appreciate you listening to us on 910 The Fan or 105.1 FM. And we are streaming live on the Odyssey app. You can take us on the go wherever you may be. You can also watch us on the Monumental Sports Network where you can watch the Caps and the Wizards. Brought to you by Crop Metcalf, official heating and cooling company of the Junks. Joining us right now is your head coach of the Washington Capitals, Spencer Carberry. He's brought to you by the Centers for Advanced Orthopedics. More physicians, more locations, more advanced care centered around one thing you. Visit cfaortho.com. Good morning, Coach. Morning, guys. Hello, hey, Coach Carbs. Good morning. So the so the mentors trip wrapped with the home date with the Vancouver Canucks. It looked like the dads and the other relatives had a great time. You brought your dad on the trip. Dylan Strom's dad read the lineup card before one of the games. It was a nice touch when you surprised Carly with his son, Luca, reading uh, the card before the Canucks game. That seems like a really fun bonding event for the players and their families, especially as the season you know, is toward its halfway point. A uh, nice bonding event for you and the guys. Yeah, it really is. It's, um, it, it's a good opportunity for, for not only um, – the organization, the players, the staff to kind of show some appreciation for all the things that, that our mentors have done for us through our lives, but also to give them sort of a, a sneak peek into our daily lives. And, and it's amazing how, um, you know, just things that become routine for us, the travel, getting in late, um, practicing after you get it, all those things, they um, it's just unique, right, in, in our field. And, and so – when they become a part of it and you, you get in at three in the morning in Boston and then you got to practice that day, um, 
it uh, it's a little eye opening for them, but it it, uh, it was a great experience, and to be able to spend some time with them and get to know um, all the players and staffs, mentors, and, and have some great conversations and learn about um, everybody. It was, it was a great experience. So fill us in on your parents and how they played a role in your hockey life when you started playing juniors and everything like that. Was you, was your dad a player? Was your mom an athlete? Fill us in. So my dad played um, sort of what they call men's league. Like he never, mm-hmm. um, you know, played college or junior or anything like that, but played fairly competitive old timers. And <laughs> um, so I was around the game a little bit around the rink and just, um, fell in love with it and, and wanted to play not necessarily to follow in in my dad's footsteps but just because I enjoyed watching the game and um so that's how I got my start and and um not, nothing no different than any other kind of sporting parent um just kind of those you, you you think back on those um car rides to practice especially in hockey there's a lot of uh in Canada and it, it's kind of gone away from it now I, I feel like they get better times for ice slots. But back when I was growing up, it was 5.30 a.m. practice slots. Uh-huh. So you'd be uh, <laughs> rolling out of bed uh, before school and, and – um, Sleeping you know, in the car dad, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, your dad and mom would be taking you to practice and you're barely uh, eyes open. Mm. Um, but that, that's the way it started for me. So, Coach, it turns out that all Ovi needed was a trip to Dubai mm, to ride right. some camels with his wife and kids, hang out with Wayne Rooney at the beach, and boom, six-game goal scoring streak is the result coming out of the All-Star break. So the rest definitely did Ovi some good, and I know you love to see that that streak that he's on right now. Yeah, it's amazing how um, he, he, to each his own, right? His, uh, his method is, is getting away from the game. Um, over the break, and he's done that in the past, right? Like, I think he he took the suspension to not go to the All-Star game to really try to just get away from the game, leave his equipment, um, recharge. And I I think as much as it is physically for him, it's it's a mental reset to to be able to just refresh, like I said, get away from practices, pre-scouts, the film, the grind, um, and just really prepare himself. He he does a good job with that, and and comes back really refreshed and 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 energized. And you can see it in his play. There's there's a little um, jump in his step, which is good. We need that, and it's been nice to see him getting rewarded on the uh, score sheet. So he breaks Gretzky's record for empty net goals at the end of the Boston game. And sometimes people want to devalue the empty netters, but. I mean, you saw it firsthand. You were 20 feet away. He had to work hard for that one, stealing the puck away. Mm-hmm. He bounces it off the boards to himself. Then he has to fight through two Boston players, you know, racing down the ice to put it away. So that that was an impressive feat by him in Boston. Yeah, and what a, pe- a lot of people don't um, don't realize is, so the empty net goal, right, obviously there's no goaltender, so you think, oh, it's a, it's a simple goal. What I find, and I think if you ask a lot of coaches, is there's skilled players that play in those situations, and some coaches will put some of their skill, maybe not their best defensive specialists, out on the ice, five on six, and you would think, well, why would you do that? You want your best defensive players out on the ice protecting that lead. 
the counter to that is offensive guys have incredible instincts of where the puck is going to go next. And so they can anticipate and read, and usually they can find a way to get a half breakaway or to know the puck is going to squirt to there, and then they're going to skate onto it, and then they're going to go down and end the game into an empty netter. So there's a lot of value in in, um, putting skill or quote-unquote offensive players sometimes in those situations five on six because of the other side of it, not their – defensive capabilities but their ability to end the game and find an empty net goal and I think that's where O's value has come in over years is is he can anticipate and jump on um, when he sees something coming that's going to end up in us getting a getting a break to go the other way all right so coach I'll give you a little background like 10 years or so ago um Ovi was kind of Maybe it was eight or ten years, whatever it was. Ovi was kind of at that age where people said, "Oh, this is when the superstar starts to fall off," right? And yeah. and uh, you know, of course, obviously, it didn't happen. But he was kind of struggling a little <clears> bit. <throat> and I remember, I think I was on, it was on, even on the HBO show that they they had us on there for a second. And I I called him a big fatty, and I said he was out of <laughs> shape and all that. And of course, you know, he ripped off all these unbelievable seasons since. Um, there were some people that were saying after he got off to a slow start that he maybe wasn't in the best shape, that it wasn't just an age thing? Is there any validity to that? Or is it just the puck luck thing that we were talking about and he was only scoring on 6%, which was just absurd, and it was inevitably going to turn around? Well, I mean, he's 38. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. The the only way I can answer that is to to say he's 38 years old. So. Mm -hmm. Your body changes. Your <laughs> believe me, I know. Your endurance changes. <laughs> believe me. Wait till you get to fifty-four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can't even walk in front of so, a mirror. <laughs> if you're comparing him to twenty-five-year-old or twenty-eight-year-old, for sure, physically he's he's different. Um, so that that's really the only thing I can say. I can tell you he works extremely hard, and um, our our. Um, training staff does a great job with him and and it's different right and he's learning too and this is where you know as he's evolved in his career once you get to this point now you have to train a little bit differently you've got to do some different things it's not necessarily about weight it's about stretching it's about Mm -hmm. all this your nutrition all of this becomes a little bit more important than it was at 30 I could go home and and eat whatever I wanted. My metabolism was great at right. 38, and and my age right now at 42, it's different. Mm-hmm. It's different. Yeah. yeah, you see that donut. So, <clears throat> yeah, like now it it affects our bodies differently. So I I would say that um, he's he's 38, but he's staying on top of that stuff. Of okay, how do I? How does my training have to evolve to put myself in the in the best position possible to to play in the best league in the world? that is only getting faster and be able to keep up and, and survive and be still a uh, effective player. Let me ask you this co- coach. Cause so we always go there every year, like we, you know, for the media day and we always see the guys do the conditioning drills and everything. And I'm pretty sure Obi passed it. Cause I, think I remember watching it, but like, did you guys see any red flags? Like, Oh, you know what? He's <laughs> a little slower this year or any, anything like that. Like early on, did you notice anything? No, not at all. Yeah. Not at all. Like, um, and, and again, we, like, I pay attention to our training staff and, and, uh, their numbers and they give me consistent updates on, 
on where guys are at relative to their mm-hmm. um, standards. And so, um, so that's what we pay attention to. Do you guys. track like, like during the regular season for everybody, you know, like you wear these heart monitors or whatever, has yeah. it gotten up? So everybody, every player, every day, every practice, every game, all that stuff's tracked. Yeah. The, and that um, just gives us information to, to be able to manage workload right. essentially and, and make sure that we're, um, staying on top of that, of, of knowing where guys are at, because it's more, you, you would think for conditioning, but it's more for injury prevention. So what are they, because what are they wearing? The track uh, heart rate monitor that, uh-huh. that um, it, it essentially measures their workload, like how much output they had given as long as they were wearing that. Now, a lot of the guys are, I don't think any of them wear them during games. Oh, okay. So they take a, um, Essentially, a, a couple players have worn them in games before, and so they just take those numbers and just say, okay, if this player played 12 and a half minutes, like this is what their output would have been during the game. So they just sort of <clears throat> generalize um, them. I get it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Coach, you, um, we haven't talked about the game last night, and um, I, I don't know how much you want to talk about it. You, I know you're not happy. All right. You're <laughs> laughing around, joking with us, and you're very yeah. good at, at kind of turning it off um, when you come on the show. But I guess my question is, and I don't even know if you want to answer it, but before the season started, um, when we were out there for media day and you kind of looked at the roster, and I know you can't predict injuries and, and personal stuff like who's and stuff like that going on during the season, but yeah. before the season started, what were your expectations for the team uh, based on how they've played through 52 games? Did you think that you guys would be better than 54 points at this point, um, or did you think it was still kind of a work in progress? I was hopeful. I, I, I would call it um, really optimistic that we would be able to be in a um, bit better spot um, overall and not even standings wise. Like I don't really look at that. I look at our game plans, like how we played. I, I would have, um, I would have hoped we would have been able to hang with some of the big clubs in the league um, a little bit more consistently, but, with with where we're at as an organization and, and some of the circumstances, um, it's just a reality. It's a reality where we are as a, as an organization and as a team. And um, when you go up against some of these teams, we we, um, we just we we don't have the horses uh, anymore to be able to run with some of these teams at a, on a consistent basis. Right. And that's right. um, where we are, and it doesn't mean we're, we we can't beat. And win games. It doesn't mean that um, we're not going to work our butts off every single day and continue to grow and continue to get better. It just means we're um, we're in a in a spot as an organization where it, um, at nights it's going to be difficult because we we just don't have the horses that that some teams in this league have or the top teams in this league have. Coach Joe B dropped a nugget on the broadcast on TV last night. I just couldn't fathom that dating back to the 2019-2020 season. The Avs, your opponent last night, they haven't had a single losing month since then. Mm. I mean, that's I can't wrap my brain around that. They're like loaded. as a coach, what what would that be like? Where you're just like, okay, we're just going to keep ticking off winning months after winning months after winning months and keep stacking them on top of each other. And you know, it's part of the reason they won the cup back in 2020. I mean, you know obviously. this, coach. They got the they got the second and the fifth leading scorers in the league. Do you uh, do you remember the Washington Capitals for the last ten years? Yeah, sure, <laughs> yeah. definitely remember. I mean, that's it, it's um, 
you know, like Colorado, phenomenal organization, Stanley Cup champions, Bedsy, Jared Bednar, their coach, does a great job. Um, and you look there, and that's Nathan McKinnon, Kiel McCarr, and Rico Rantanen are, um, and Landeskog obviously is out, are generational players. And that's what those guys are capable of doing. Now there's a lot of other pieces that you have to give credit to. And, um, but those are game changers, and that's what I'm talking about when you, when you watch those guys they're in the prime of their careers um, and they can do things on the ice that 0.1% of the world can. Mm. Wow. Coach Carberry, we wish you the best of luck this week and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you, coach. Appreciate it. Okay. Have a great day. All right, buddy. Spencer Carberry centers for advanced orthopedics, more physicians, more locations, more advanced care centered around one thing. You visit CFA ortho Dot com. Uh, coming up at 8 o'clock, Andrew McDonald is going to join us. He is anti-arena moving to Alexandria, Virginia. He's the founding member of the Coalition to Stop the Arena at Potomac Yards. Is he one of your uh, father-in-law's boys? Are they uh, BFFs? Does he know all these uh, guys? Yeah, about they know each other. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So Andrew McDonald joins us at 8. And then we got the counterpoint, Jim Van Stone, who's going to give you monumental sports side of it he'll join us at 8 25 we also have got luke bryan tickets to give away we'll give those away shortly so stay tuned for that here on the junkies this is tony kornheiser show i'm tony we expected someone else so what exactly is the show about hmm i don't know it's a sports show nominally football's over but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck greatest three words in the english language pitchers and catchers We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, (laughs) 9 over 8. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. Chucky's coming to you live on 106.7 The Fan and the Team 980. Give you a chance to win some tickets to go see Luke Bryan at Chiffy Lube Live shortly on a game show Wednesday. <clears throat> but wanted to touch on a take on the Craig Hoffman show. The Hoffman show, he had Damon Amendolara on his show. DA. That's okay. not a bad uh, impression. Not and bad. DA has a pretty hot take on... <laughs> Cliff Kingsbury oh, he does. Yes. Mm, interesting. Here's DA on with Craig Hoffman. Well, I think he's the biggest fraud in football because oh, that soft, soft uh, launch there because he has not succeeded anywhere he's been to any significant degree. When he gets the head coaching job at Texas Tech, he never has a winning record within the Big 12. He's supposed to be a great offensive mind with Patrick freaking Mahomes his best season is seven and five and a loss of the Texas Bowl then he somehow fails upward to get the head coaching job in Arizona every tech fan was like this guy's a bum then he gets the Cardinals job every year is the same thing they start off hot they collapse down the stretch the one year they go to the postseason they are completely ill-prepared to take on that Rams team they're down 21 nothing at the half 28 nothing in the third quarter his team is known for penalties poor coaching sloppy play and slow starts and or fades in the second half of the season. Then he goes to USC, and Caleb Williams has a worse season with him than he had without him, and USC crashes and burns. Now, I know that their defense was the bigger problem, but there were three other teams in the Pac-12 that scored more points per game than USC, and now he's going to take over 
a Washington gig because they're angling for Caleb, perhaps, and they know that there's a familiarity there. I just think this guy has never proven anything. It just keeps getting plum jobs. So it's, now did seems he seems kind of harsh. Did he say like, that Kingsbury never had a winning record at Texas Tech? No, no. He no, said his best season was seven and five. Oh, okay. And he lost in the Texas Bowl, and yeah, they didn't have a winning record in the Big Twelve within the conference. Within yes. the conference, gotcha. and that I mean, those true. are all valid points. Yeah. The, the biggest red flag to me is that Caleb actually regressed a little bit under his tutelage. Possible. Well, Don't I mean, also, you got to you got to remember he wasn't the offensive coordinator. I mean, Lincoln Riley's the head coach, mm-hmm. heavy offensive guy. Josh Henson was the offensive coordinator. Kingsbury was an analyst. But we have no idea what the day-to-day responsibilities were for Kingsbury. And also, the Kingsbury. defense was atrocious. Defense so was terrible. There was so know, much pressure on the offense. And this is what I say. Kings- but where has he shined? Well, I as would a say coach. that his well, offense they, they got better when he was at Arizona. The team did get better offensively. Yeah. Defensively, okay, different story. It was basically, then, middle of the pack, right? But in his third the year, he got to the playoffs. Middle of the pack. I mean, he yeah, started but remember, out. He's not. It has nothing to do with defense here. This is yeah. a great spot for him because the one thing he can do somewhat is coach up offense and I mean he certainly didn't shine like a superstar you know as a head coach and maybe he's just not built for that role but that's not what they're hiring him for but that's not what they're hiring for they're hiring him to run has he He shined shined as as an an offensive coordinator yeah he had a couple years in Arizona where they were top 10 offense the team was getting better in Arizona middle of the pack I thought there was one year they were seventh one year they were like eighth they were middle of the pack to to like 23rd 24th I think they got better from his first year where they had a, a Bad year, they were losing record. Then they went five hundred. Then they the two middle years. Then they got he, to the playoffs. The two three. middle years were his best offenses. Yeah, if I remember correctly. Mm. And then it, they were they were not very. Now good I did hear this from year. a very reliable source in Arizona. The, the attention to detail on offense isn't there. It's not what you would think it should be. Mm. In terms of team meetings, okay. lengthy, you know, in depth meetings. Um, What's it? But who do we have I, on recently that said his meetings are like six to eight minutes long? Yeah. Like, I mean, like, he goes through meetings with the quickness. But I think they did get better as an offense under him in, in Arizona. But again, he may not be cut out to be a head coach and may not ever be a head coach again. But as a coordinator, maybe he is. By the way, Kingsbury is my spirit animal with <clears throat> meetings that we haven't had an Odyssey meeting in a while. But <laughs> if we got through one of those in six to eight meeting minutes, yes, that'd be great. I'd be, I'd be clapping it up. And so would everybody else in the audience. But I could also see the you know the reason for the criticism based on what he's done. As I've a head always coach. thought that the criticism was that he didn't care about defense and all of that. I other don't stuff. think he does. Right, and he doesn't have to worry about that here. Right. Yeah. So it's you know, I can't remember which player or might have been Dan Quinn who said it that they were impressed by Kingsbury's offenses. Actually, I don't think it was Quinn. We well, talked about it like a week or well, two Quinn ago. Quinn was clearly impressed by him. He hired him. Yeah. That was his target. That was the guy he wanted, and they closed the deal and brought him in. And maybe he's one of these guys that's just best suited as an offensive coordinator and not as a head coach. Right. I would maybe say that's his calling. Uh, I would agree with JP. Of all the criticisms that Almandara, Almandara, Almandola, whatever his name is, I, I know DA, I've heard the commercials nine million times on the station <laughs> or wherever. Um, the criticism of Caleb going backwards would be the only one, but, but to Jason's point, who knows how much he was directly involved with that. That's the only one that I think might have some validity. The other stuff, that's when he was a head coach and he was in charge of everything. 
That's not what his job is here. Mm. If you were to say <laughs> Cliff Kingsbury is the most overrated head coach in football history, okay, maybe that's true. Maybe that maybe you're right. But that's not what he was hired here for. He was hired here to coach offense. I, I'm checking the numbers because, you know, they can be packaged in different ways. And I think somebody put, like, his average offense over the course of his tenure as the head coach of Arizona, and it was it was less than impressive. Well, it's because if you look at the breakdown year by year, I'm telling you, the first year I think they were something like 23rd. The second and third years they were like, I don't know, 7th and 10th or 8th, yes. 7th and 8th. The second year they finished 6th. Yeah, and then the last year, and I think that's when Kyler got hurt, they went back yep. in the toilet again. Yeah. So, I mean. Now he got hurt. You know, kind of later in the season, they still had a losing record when he got hurt. They yeah. were three and six, but still, yeah. I mean, it wasn't horrible in the first three years because, um, you know, they got to the postseason in the third year. But that's the year where they started out hot and then they just fell apart, right? Did they get to? Are they one of those teams that got to like eleven wins or something and then just I think they fell got off? To, I think they had ten wins that year. Um, no, you're right. Eleven, they eleven got and six. Eleven wins. Eleven and six. Yeah. Um. But that was also the weird COVID year, right? It was. Yeah. And that's just a bizarre year. Yeah, you're right. It looks like he sandwiched two top 10 offenses with offenses that finished in the 20s. Right. So, you know, we see that all the time, though. I mean. So I guess I saw something overall where they just took, like, the average and let's say it was 16th. Right. Over Which the course of sense. four years. But if you look at it, he did have two pretty good years offensively. Now this yeah, is just, I'm on the fence. Like this, I, I, this I don't is, know if he's going to be a great offensive coordinator. Passing, okay. This is just yeah. team passing. All right. Year one at Arizona, they finished 24th. Mm-hmm. Year two, they finished 16. Year three, they finished 10. Okay, so they went from 24 to 10. That's just passing. I didn't look at the overall offense numbers. That's just right. passing because. Well, I gave I you the overall offense went from 21st to 8th to 6th. Okay, there you go. All right, so 21 Or 6th to 8th, whatever. 21, 8, and 6. Yeah. That's, that's pretty, pretty, that's that's pretty that. significant. I would use all that to counter DA. That's pretty significant. How do you say his name, Cakes? Amendolara. Amendolara. I just get it confused with Amendola. Danny Amendola. <laughs> it's yeah, very just, similar. I, my brain understood. breaks. Amendola, I mean, did he go to Texas Tech? Or am I mixing him up with somebody else? Danny Amendola, yeah. 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 So maybe he's... Maybe I would agree with him in this way, that he hasn't done anything special as a head coach. And he hasn't. As a coordinator, I think he's he's got a rep he's he's reputable. He's I agree with he's you. got a good reputation for a number of reasons. I think most I'm people, not saying he's gonna hit here. I'm just saying well, nobody has any idea. they hired him. I think it was a good hire. Well, I think he's, he's gonna, gonna hit if the quarterback hits. And we're gonna be and talking have, about this all the way until the draft. Yeah. There are more and more people knocking Caleb. Not because of him wearing a dress. Just, you know, we mentioned Merrill Hodge earlier in the week, Matt Miller. It does seem like there's going to be a lot of debate. I saw a mock draft yesterday. I think it was CBS Sports, so it might have been our guy Ryan Wilson that had Drake May going one. What did Matt I, I, Miller I think, say? I don't I remember. I think he saw – I think I saw this. I think he had the uh, commanders taking Daniels. Mm-hmm. I think I saw that. Daniels gets me – he gets me blood flow. By the way, since I've been saying that so-and-so gets me blood flow and everything, mm-hmm. you should see what's coming up on my YouTube feed now. Oh, I can only imagine. I'm getting all kinds of ED videos. Mm, very good. And, and exercises for my pelvic floor. Ah, for your pelvic thrust. Which uh, they say can in ease 75% of your ED issues. 
And it's all because I keep talking about uh, blood flow. Yeah. When I talk Somebody's about Somebody's listening. <laughs> Big Brother's listening. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Hey, they just want to help you with your blood flow problem. It used to be just Instagram I would notice I'd get all those mm. things. I guess it's YouTube too now. Listen, I guess everywhere they're yeah. sharing. You know what? They're sharing your algorithm. Are they owned by the same company or no? YouTube and Instagram. They're different companies. Are they all owned Google, by Alphabet Google or whatever? Google owns YouTube. Okay. Instagram is owned by Meta. Facebook, okay, aka right, yeah. the Facebook. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> you love doing the the Facebook. I bit. love that movie. I love the Social Network. Right. It's the only reason I know anything about the the Winklevoss twins, Zuckerberg. Uh, by the way, was, did you see what was what... his partner that he jilted? Uh, the, was, was the it was like a Hispanic name, name or something. Yeah, right? party goes. I'm not coming back for thirty percent. I'm coming back something. for everything. I, I can't. Yeah, remember. so well done. Mm-hmm. Eduardo Savrin. Savrin. Yeah, Eduardo. Yeah, yeah. Eduardo Savrin. Eduardo. That's right. Yeah. By the way, did you see Bitcoin hit, tickled fifty the other day? I did see that. Yeah. And it's, it's speaking of blood flow. Gives, yeah. Gives your yeah. pal blood flow. Right. I I saw my guy Zuck. He went on my guy. Your yeah, guy. That's, that's, that's what I care him. about him. He like was sitting down on his couch doing a video, and he was trashing the Apple Vision Pro. Oh, he was <laughs> just scorching it. Yeah, I mean, I normally you don't see two C like CEOs trashing the other people's product. Yeah, but Is he, he selling it. He, he was hyping up. I think it's called Quest or something like yeah, uh, whatever Meta's version of Apple Vision is. Didn't it used to be Oculus? Did they turn that into something maybe, different? I don't maybe know. That's what it was. But I got they, news for you. If you're walking around with that stupid thing, you are a moron. <laughs> you look like an idiot. You if you're going to use money it, to burn. use it in the privacy of your home. Yeah, don't be you wearing like that a bit out of a public. <laughs> you look like a, it's like a fool. <laughs> and it, that's not the future. No one's going to be wearing that. It's dumb. It's a fad. That's not, that's not what Zuck says. Zuck says the Apple won the mobile wars. But Microsoft won the PC wars. And, and Meta's going to win the, okay. the virtual reality wars. Nobody's <laughs> going to be walking around with freaking virtual reality. Not in our lifetimes. It's not a thing. Well, you said that. You said the years ago you there will never be driverless cars. Well, they're not were... ubiquitous the way people say. Well, they're, they're out there. They're out there if they can't even read a stop sign on a bus. I can't believe people would get in those. I it's shocking. I, I, I'd rather who the guys my own rocket. Who were the guys you said got into the driverless Uber? It was this golf guy I follow. Oh, yeah. Golf, is, he, uh, is he nuts? He ended like a couple never chicks. Do that. They, were, they were putting on in there. Uh, they were bragging about it. Stupid. They're all excited. Uh, by the way, real quick. So. Arizona's rush offense in those three years were 10-7-10. So he had three top 10 rushing offenses in Arizona, and his passing went from 21 to 6 in the I third year. I think that you have to say to DA. That's pretty successful. Damon Amendolara. Amendolara. <clears throat> that you could, you could criticize his head coaching chops, but I don't think you could criticize his offensive coordinator chops. Ultimately, it's going to be down to production, just like it was with Eric Bieniemy, like it was with Scott Turner. He's going to have to have good offenses, and it's going to be very dependent on who they draft. Yep. Where did we rank offensively overall? Because I know defensively we were like 31, 32. Where were we like ranked? Like 20-something? I think it was in the 20s. Yeah. Probably, yeah. I'd have to go back I would be stunned if we got worse. Yeah. Stunned. And what, by the way, who's hired the enemy since he's been out there on the free uh, agent market? To my knowledge, nobody. Oh. I, I thought he was just a, a genius. Hey, he gave a pep talk to the Chiefs before the Super Bowl. That's why they won. <laughs> yeah, sure. Also, he, the it, it, he's under contract. <laughs> he, he's going to get paid. So, like, if he takes another gig, he'll probably end up losing on that salary. Hey, by the way, how does that Correct. work? Kind of, so, is he going to sit out for a year? Yeah, I think that they say that's the smarter play financially. Yeah. 
might be Eric financially, but I'm not sure if it is long term. I think a lot of these guys do that. Is Kingsbury that they, double dipping with the with the Cardinals? How does that work? I don't know. That's a great a, question. He saw, signed a long ass extension. I think they just pay him a little bit, and then the Cardinals cover the rest or something. Mm. Yeah, I don't okay. know how that works. But yeah, he's getting a boatload from the Cardinals. It's a bonanza for Cliff Kingsbury. All right, the weather this time of year could be as unpredictable as ever, so be ready no matter the temperature with a $99 heating and cooling check from the five-star experts at Crop Metcalf. That's right, for just 99 bucks, a Crop Metcalf five-star technician will check both your home's heating and cooling system and assure peace of mind today no matter what the weather brings tomorrow. Call 1-800-GO-CROP or visit CropMetcalf.com. Crop Metcalf, home of the five-star technician and proud partner of your Washington Nationals. So we opened up the show talking a little bit about Valentine's Day. Hmm. Kicks is my Valentine's. Right. I'm still waiting for my gift. Jason said he did Valentine's Day last night. Good for you. Did you? Yeah, we went to dinner. But nice you dinner. go to dinner every Tuesday night anyway. No, we. No, was usually, it a special usually. dinner for Valentine's Day? Like, did you make a point of it? Did you say Happy Valentine's Day? Yeah. Okay. But it wasn't a special dinner. I mean, what do you mean special dinner? Like something that was out of the norm. We planned it. We planned. Right, we said so we're going to go to a Valentine's Day dinner. Yeah, we said we're going to go to Valentine's Day right. dinner you the ignore- night before than on Valentine's because it's harder to get a table. Right, but you places. often go to dinner on Tuesday anyway. No, right? usually we make tacos. Tacos Taco at home. Tuesday, yeah. Mm. Um, and I or told occasionally you, we'll go out to a Mexican restaurant for tacos. Get tacos, Tuesday, right. but that's more occasional. I felt a little bit like a hack because I just stopped at Harris Teeter. Yeah. And I bought flowers and candy and a couple of cards for my wife and my daughter. And I set it up, a balloon, set it up so that when they come downstairs to the to Did you get a text morning, saying thank you? Or No, nah, no text. I don't, they should they usually up? wake up around 730. But I don't think they go downstairs like they've got a routine. They take, you know, the shower or whatever. My kingdom for waking up at 730 every day. Yeah. I mean, what, I mean that must be... What does that That's feel heaven. like? That's heaven. <laughs> Freaking amazing. Remember high school days? No, not really. But yeah, I know we woke up late. I know <laughs> I think we had a bus late stop start. was eight forty five. So anyway, speaking of blood flow, three of the four hmm. of us are doing kind of something for Valentine's Day. Cake says he got his wife a gift. I did. E B, you seem to be part of the anti Valentine's Day movement, which What's apparently it? is gaining strength. Well, I mean, it's just a fake holiday. It's so dumb. <laughs> It's great if you're 16 or you're a newlywed or something. Well, I mean, if you're in your 20s. Yeah, you know, whatever. I mean, if, you're 20, if you're 26 and you're dating a girl that you've yes, been dating dude. for six months, yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. a big deal. It's a big deal. Sure, it's Although cool. this article in the Washington Post seems to say that teens are disconnecting from Valentine's Day in what they call an act of self-love. Well, I, I, This I, from the Washington Post. Um, cakes is big into Petula self-love. Petula Devorak. Well, only cakes. <laughs> Who is it? Only cakes. Yeah. It says. Me and Valdez. Big let's proponents. be honest. This is her opinion. Right. It's an opinion Don't piece. drag me down with you. <laughs> yeah. Let's be honest. Valentine's Day has more potential to hurt, harm, terrorize, and traumatize people than anything Halloween serves up. What? From the card and carna- carnation campaigns that decimate kids' self-esteem in classrooms what? to the endless stream of <laughs> pop-up ads online. The start of February is triggering for anyone who isn't feeling it. I don't know. So dumb. <laughs> I, I, all I know is my 15, she's going to be 15, my 14-year-old daughter and her friends. It must be the new trend. I saw an article about it. They did a Galentine's Day thing, which apparently comes from some sitcom or something. Don't some know fiction. anything about, heard that. about that. Nope. Where girls get together and they, they did. Here's what they did. Here was the bit cakes. I don't know if this is what all the. It must be something they're doing on TikTok or something. Okay. So it's Galentine's Day. 
Mm-hmm. So all the gals get together, and they all made, like, charcuterie boards. But one was, like, charcuterie of, like, meat and cheese. All right. One was, like, all ice creams, like, from Ben and Jerry's. Mm, one okay. was, like, candies. All right. One was, like, and then they all got together, and then all they did was just take pictures and barely eat any of this stuff right. and put it on Instagram. Seems and TikTok. very wasteful. The food. Just, yeah, the kid, I picked up my daughter from the house and she brought a ninety nine percent of what she brought there. It was all for a stupid. It was a photo. Yeah, uh, just photo op. Photo yeah. op. Yeah. yeah, it's like a politician swooping in and serving one meal at the homeless shelter. <laughs> right, mm. what it was. <laughs> so stupid. Have you, if you haven't heard about this, this I've Galentine's, Galentine's Day? Galentine's Day. Yeah, of course. In fact, this article, I think, mentions it, that Galentine's Day is, is a newer movement for the, for the younger people. Fifteen, that's or To 14. me, that sounds like, um, your daughter aside, uh, Galentine's is for single women. Well, this Galentine's Day is <laughs> for... Kids, in the article, kids are mimicking it from something. In, in yeah, the article, right. it says that it's... The left out part. It, it says it comes with mimosas <laughs> with girls, and remember that family is an expansive concept. Hmm. But the, the the article also points out the anti Valentine's Day is this is such a stupid gimmick that people spend money to basically take an S on their X. It seems like <laughs> where you can name uh, what? feral cat after your X and feral, neuter it. Not feral. Okay, not familiar. <laughs> feral. With that. <laughs> right. What is Go a ahead. feral cat? The wild it's wild cat that doesn't have cat. a home, yeah. just yeah. wandering around. Yeah. Like all my mom's cats. Yeah. For twenty five dollars. <laughs> like if you go to a Caribbean resort, there's gonna be a billion feral slash feral cats. For twenty five dollars, you, you can name your feral for the rest of the feral the cat after your you, should, you should fear them yeah. and then neuter it. Yeah, there. <clears throat> yeah, that's smart. I just feel like <laughs> neuter. I just feel like it's a gratuitous holiday. So you just buy candy and you flowers just spend money. and cards. Yeah. It's just so dumb. There's no need for it. Just go out and... Sp- we have enough of the... Like, Mother's Day, There's, I feel like there's meaning to that. Like, being a mother. Yeah. Being a father. Like, I really... I, 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 I lock in with that. Valentine's Day, out! <laughs> look, like, out on look, it. Look, this is what you do for Valentine's Day. Unless you're like just a go out to Just go out to a nice dinner. And yeah. don't do it on Valentine's I Day. No, you can't Too busy. do that. I can't well, even do there'll it. there'll be some time. You don't have to do it that day. You, you do, do it, it that week. I'm literally weekend. busy the next eight days. I can't but, do it. All right, so people who don't have kids and, <laughs> right. you know, if they're... Just a single going out with a girl that you right. really like, then you want to press. Fine. Go out to a nice dinner. Yeah, don't right. buy flowers and nic- no. necklaces and <laughs> yeah, that's stupid. It's, it's a waste so, of money. Such a waste. Flowers of money. are a waste of money. They die in four days. Unless, they never get flowers. Maybe the biggest waste. I of try money. not Unless to. What if you your wife likes endorsement, them? Which I mean, we used it, to have. They like them, but it's just a waste. Of, they just die in four days. It's a waste of money. Proflowers.com. I mean, I miss those days. <laughs> I miss them. Now bring them back, Can and I, then I love them. Berry spot, please. Berry, berry. That's meaningful. You're getting some nutrients out of that. Like you don't get any. How much nutrients is in a chocolate dipped strawberry? Strawberry It's good for your fruit. A chocolate dip Daryl? Yeah. And if it's dark get chocolate, that, get those pajama grams ready. Oh, pajama gram. I've done one of those spots in eight years. Dude, I saw a new MeUndies spot the other day. <laughs> I need to do another MeUndies. <laughs> I still have last one 15 years ago. I still have my MeUndies. Do you really? Yeah. I only got are a there holes? Bears. Are there holes in MeUndies? No, but <laughs> it's funny. My Under Armour underwear. That we got when we were at HFS, and yeah. then JP trashed Under Armour <laughs> yeah. and said he didn't understand why. Kevin Plank hates us now. Yeah. And then we never got free stuff ever again. <laughs> Such exaggeration. <laughs> no, it's literally what happened. Yeah. <laughs> he could have been Jordan Spieth. That <laughs> underwear that I had 20 years ago, 
I had like three pairs. They're both. All, they're all getting holes. <laughs> well, it's twenty mm-hmm. years old. I mean, it's like, but it's you, a funny how they all lasted exactly twenty years, and they all started. It's quite out. a shelf life for underwear. Like that's a long run. Well, they're the good material. Yeah, it's right? stretchy. Mm-hmm. It's the yeah, polyester. Did you guys get chocolate from Karina a few minutes ago? Did not me nothing. No, oh. maybe she only Val- likes you guys. Of course, made it uncomfortable. Why? Why? Because she came in here with, with chocolate. Was she all happy for yeah. Valentine's Day and everything? Yeah, she has she's always smiling. You know, yeah, yeah. And she she offered us some, and I said, um, "You tell him thank big. you." And then Valdez goes, "Ooh, chocolates from one of your mini boyfriends." I said, "Which one?" I said, "Which one?" I said, "Which one of your uh, which one of your boyfriends got you chocolates?" Don't oh, watch those videos again. He needs to watch a video. You have uh, Mike Martin. What, your, uh, what was her reaction video? to that? She laughed. She, you know, she, she giggled like a schoolgirl. Oh, no, you thought laughed. you were being flirtatious. She oh, was. Yeah. She was giggling. And, uh, <laughs> that's what she was doing all the way back. You better take that the out fresh. of the podcast. She left one second later. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you. Well, at least I didn't grab three like Drab did. <laughs> grab one chocolate ball. You lying liar. She dresses so professionally. Well, she does TV every day. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I generally well, feel like I, a I know We do TV. Do we don't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I never mean, guys do four hours of TV. care less day. about it. That's true. Yeah. But she she obviously does. What is, I don't even, she must get up at she has 2 to get o'clock. Up super early, I yeah. would assume. What are the hits that she does? Like, what are they for? No, I thought she does a TV show after. She does. It's after. What yeah. is it? But no, she does something during the show. I don't know what it is, but maybe she's just recording bits or something. Yeah. Like, what is the show that she does? I don't know. Does anybody know? No. Nobody knows nothing. It's on. I've never asked. <laughs> is it on the? Is it on the same thing where we do our Tuesday hits? Is Possibly, it on that? Is it yeah. on that network? I don't yes, know. Yes, yes. Okay. DC fifty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. How did it go with Derek this week? It was Brandy. Oh, it was Brandy? It was good. And did you dictate everything like you always do? You dictate her? <laughs> you always like to dictate she all wanted the to, topics? She wanted to, I asked her what topic she wanted to hit. She wanted to hit spring training. And oh, said, that's up your alley, though. No, nah, but I said, yeah, I don't not, know. You're not, really not really quite feeling, feeling it. it yet. I said, don't you want to recap the Super Bowl? She said, we did that yesterday. Uh-huh. So let's do something. I said, all right, NFL draft, college hoops. <laughs> and she was okay with that? She was fine with it. Right. We talked NFL draft and college hoops. Right. Very nice. Coming up next, we're going to talk about the Capitals and Wizards Arena. Monumental Sports wants them to move to Alexandria. Alexandria doesn't necessarily want that. We're going to do a point counterpoint. First up is Andrew McDonald. He's the founding member of the coalition to stop the arena. Welcome back. Chucky's coming to you live on 106.7 The Fan and the Team 980 in the DMV. 910 The Fan and 105.1 in Richmond, and we're streaming live on the Odyssey app. You can take us on the go with the Odyssey app. Download the app. It's fantastic. You can also watch us on the Monumental Sports Network. We're brought to you by Crop Metcalf, official heating and cooling company of the Junkies. Looking to be their next five-star HVAC technician or plumber? Visit CropMetcalf.com to join their team. It's Fish Cakes, EB, and JP. We're going to talk about the arena. Are the Capitals and Wizards going to move to Alexandria? Planned there are two sides yeah. to this. We should mention we do work for Monumental. That doesn't mean we're all in on Alexandria. We were talking about during the break. Like on a personal note, this is just selfish. Most people care about themselves, right? It's easier for me to go to Capital One than to go to Alexandria. So I'd love them to just stay right there, and I enjoy going to Capital One. 
Well, I'm guessing this guy shares your same mindset. <laughs> but there are four guys on the show, four opinions. There's two sides to this story. We're going to see what's going to happen. We're going to have Jim Van Stone to give the monumental sports side of it at 825. But Andrew McDonald joins us now. He's the founding member of the Coalition to Stop the Arena at Potomac Yard. And, Andrew, before we get into the particulars, tell us where you've lived um, I think we saw you were maybe the vice mayor of Alexandria. Like, what is your involvement with Alexandria? Have you lived there for years? Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Sure. Yep, I grew up. I grew up in Alexandria pretty much. So I've been here, you know, off and on my entire life, and uh, <clears throat> got involved in civic life and became the vice mayor at one point in time. So yeah, I care a great deal about about the community, and and obviously got involved in this this particular issue. So old, uh, you know, Alexandria has different parts. There's Old Town and Potomac Yard is is newer section. There are new sections that have kind of blown up. Um, when did you first hear about the Wizards and Capitals possibly moving to Potomac Yard? And what were your initial thoughts? Yeah, I think, I mean, most people were really quite surprised. I think it was this early December where, you know, the main, you know, the announcement was made by Governor Youngkin and uh, Ted Leonis and, and others, and so I, I mean, the citizens were extremely surprised. Uh, I guess I mean maybe there had been a little bit of news about it in the past, but basically it was a surprise announcement. Nobody thought that that was the kind of development that uh, you know would occur in Potomac Yard, and uh, so felt really sort of like it, it was sort of announced as a done deal. And everybody said, "Wait a second, you know, we we want to have a say in this. We want to see if this is really a good thing." Not just for Alexandria, but, you know, also for D.C., because they are our good neighbors as well. Andrew, in an article that you penned in Cardinal News, you said Potomac Yard is a terrible location for a sports and entertainment complex, and no amount of funding is going to fix that issue. Can you expand on that? Sure. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I think one of the most important things, we're talking about fans here getting to the games and getting, you know, getting to the games easily. And, uh, you know, as we all know, you know, the Capital One Arena is a pretty good spot. You have a lot of metro stations, a lot of parking garages, a lot of roads. Uber can get there and take people to restaurants and so on. Potomac Yard is just sort of, I mean, it, it's its great for certain kinds of development, but we basically have one road coming in. We have a very small metro station that wasn't designed anywhere near for the you know kind of capacity. So I think the problem is that fans are going to find, if they, if they build a, an arena here, which I hope they won't, that kind of spending hours getting there and hours getting out and and, you know it's very difficult to sort of solve that problem i mean you could spend more money on metro if the money is available but that's not going to change the fact that uh, you have one one metro station and basically one road so it's just it's just not a good spot i think for this kind of uh, venue to be to be located what's the number one reason for you as a resident, what's the number one reason for you you don't want it there? Is it the, the construction? Is it the traffic? Is it the tax money? What is it, number one? For me, it's for me. I think it's probably the, the traffic. But, you know, increasingly it's also the financial because the uh, financial picture because the, the amount of tax dollars are going to go into, to, you know, to build this. In one, I think one of the largest public subsidies on record in the history of the U.S. for this kind of stadium, this kind of facility. And unfortunately, sports, by and large, don't generate a great economic benefit. I mean, it's it's wonderful that it's in D.C. because you know you have all the development around it. The mayor is willing to, you know, kick in five hundred million dollars. But you know, I think for us, it's a combination of traffic 
and finances mm-hmm. and the fact that uh, the community really hasn't had a say. You know, really, it's, it's been sort of touted as a, a deal that is done, and you guys should like it. You know, you should accept it. Talking to Andrew McDonald, he's the founding member of the Coalition to Stop the Arena at Potomac Yard. I wanted to get a little more into the economics of it. So sure. what Monumental's going to say, and we'll talk to Jim Van Stone shortly, is that this is going to generate a ton of jobs. It's going to be great for the community and that this is going to actually generate taxpayer money. I think in your article you point out the battery in Atlanta. I'll let you fill us in. And you you made an example of like a Target store. Fill us in on, on, on what people have kind of found out about the economic benefits of stadiums. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the, the number one thing it's been, I mean, this is sports economists. I'm talking about people like Roger Knoll at Stanford, who has you know, a lot to do J.C. Bradbury, you know, Dennis Coates at Maryland, people like that who have studied these facilities. And the general general result is that stadiums are not very good economic generators. They're really a poor public investment. It's not to say you shouldn't have them, but once you start putting in more than several hundred million dollars, the economic benefits just drop off. So. I think that, you know, this idea that we have, we're going to, you know, produce all these jobs and all these economic benefits, you know, the, the studies that have been released by uh, Monumental and the state of Virginia are all basically, you know, PR studies. In other words, they haven't really, haven't been, they haven't been willing to release any of the economic report to the public. So it's really hard to sort of review all their claims. So I think uh, the general feeling is, okay, show us the, Show us the information and let us look at it. And if it's true, okay, we'll, we'll let people decide on the merits of that. But so far, they've been unwilling to do that. They just say, look, trust us. And I'm afraid we don't. All right, I got a couple questions for you. The first one is I have a buddy that lives in the Alexandria area, and he was texting me the other day. And uh, he thinks it's crazy that people are against it. It's his opinion that his property values are going to go up. It, what, what is the sort of the history of that? You know, it's it's very unclear. In some cases, it does drive up property values, at least I guess near 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 some of the facilities. You know, which is great. You know, if you want to sell your house, but if you you know if you're not maybe of the same you know you don't have a you know you're just not as wealthy. It's you know you don't want to you don't want your prices to go up. You don't want rents to go up. You know, you'd prefer to you know to have them sort of stay at least. I mean, Alexandria is already one of the most expensive places, so mm-hmm. we're struggling to. You know, to help people live here, people would go to the games, and maybe they can, uh, you know, they can afford a ticket, but they don't want to be. Uh, they also, I mean, this is part of the other story of this is that uh, to, to finance this project, everything from parking to ticket prices will go up, and so fans are not only going to find it more difficult to get there, but they're going to find it a heck of a lot more expensive. I think. Have Have you been like? Are you? Were you part of the contingent that was also kind of like anti-Amazon, all all of that stuff? Are you basically like you don't want any more of this stuff there? Like you no, like it the way it is? Absolutely not. No, absolutely not. Alexandria's got to change, and it is changing. You know, so Potomac Yard, I think everybody realizes and wants development. They just want to see a development that is sort of they want they want the community to be involved in the process, and uh, you know, and in this particular case, unfortunately. Our city council has sort of, you know, sort of sidestepped the community and said, hey, you know, this is really good. We want to do it without consulting, you know, the, you know, the people that are most affected. So, no, we want the development. We need the development. 
we just don't think this is the kind of development that will, you know, help Alexandria thrive. Whereas we think it it's great for D.C. And, uh, you know, the mayor's put $500 million on the, you know, on the table to help uh, renovate things. And so it seems to us a much better use of, of, um, of dollars and better for the fans, uh, ultimately. What, what, what kind of recourse do you have? We understand there are a variety of different hurdles, right? There's all these different votes and, you know. For this whole process, it could take years. But what, like, what, what is your plan of attack? What, what kind of options do you have? Well, I mean, right now, as you probably know, the General Assembly is voting on a bill, and they, the House passed the bill yesterday, but forty right. members in a very bipartisan right. group voted against it. Right. So I think things are turning. I think people are beginning to look at the financial impact of Virginia. I think they're beginning to look at the traffic issues. I think, you know, hopefully they're beginning to think about D.C., our neighbor, you know, that, that uh, folks there, we should care about them as well. So I think, I think things are turning. I think, I think this project will be defeated probably in the legislature. And, uh, and then, you know, hopefully we'll, you know, try to invest, uh, Monumental will invest in D.C. And, and in the fans that, you know, that frequent it. They can get there a lot, a lot more easily. So you think this will end soon? Well, that's certainly what we're hoping, and we're push, We're working very hard to do that, and uh, we hope that the fans who you know are concerned about it moving will also, you know, contact their legislators and uh, voice their opinion too. So yeah, we're 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 pretty confident that things now are moving in the right direction. That you know, people are beginning to assess the real economic costs of this project. The real quality of life impacts, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the impacts to Virginia taxpayers. What's the percentage of people? If you guys have run a poll, maybe in your newspaper or maybe in polls you've seen of Alexandria residents right now that are in favor of it and against it, do you know? No, we don't. I mean, the the you know, I think Monumental is on a poll, but they they haven't released the numbers. <laughs> maybe you can ask them why they haven't. Uh, but we've done petitions. We've had, you know, several thousand people sign it just based on, you know, all the work we've been doing in the community. I would say there's a, a you know, a significant majority that are opposed to it. I think there are a bunch of people that, you know, would like at least to have more say in the final decision. Um, I, you know, I just don't think there's a great deal of support for this project. I think actually Fox just had a poll this morning, and I think it's overwhelmingly Against? Uh, against, you know, moving the uh, arena to Alexandria. So, Andrew, explain more of the tax issue. I, I'm the only one of the four of us on the show that's a Virginia resident. I'm in Loudoun County. Um, sure. <clears throat> so explain. So it's my understanding that the taxes wouldn't go up for Virginia residents. It's just a certain portion of the money of the taxes would go towards the project. Is that true, or am I off base on that? No, you're not completely off base. I mean, fundamentally, the, the 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 idea is to have the arena and all the ancillary things around it through taxes on parking, on tickets, on everything going to pay off the bonds. The problem is that when you borrow, you know, a billion dollars, a billion and a half dollars, mm-hmm. it has to be backstopped by the taxpayers of Virginia and Alexandria. So if these projects end up not producing the revenue, which is very often the case revenue they say then taxpayers will have to pay the bill and this often happens so you know maybe immediately there's no direct impact to taxpayers but eventually 
you know, you and I and all the other Virginia taxpayers may have to pay more. Mm-hmm. And that, of course, affects all the other funding priorities from education to, right. I don't know, Little League soccer, all the things that we might want to fund with our tax dollars. All right. That is uh, Andrew McDonald. Founding member of the Coalition to Stop the Arena at Potomac Yard. I just wanted to say I put up a, a junkies poll today brought to you by Van Meter Homes. Do you want the Capitals and Washington Wizards to move to Alexandria? It's a very only, scientific poll. Only 35% say yes. You can vote at Junks Radio. 40% are no and 25% no preference. I, I just have a, a, a question. Do you think – we have John sure. Feinstein on every week. And, and John has said from the beginning that he thought that Ted was bluffing. Do you think by any in any stretch of, of imagination that he's simply bluffing and it just just using his leverage to to get more out of D.C. when it's all said and done? That he deep down doesn't believe this will actually happen. You know, I really don't know. I think I think that's something you'd have to ask him. I mean, he's he said he wants to move here, and you know, I take him on his word. Uh, I just don't think it's I just don't think it's a good business decision. I don't think it's a good investment for. For Virginia, and actually, I mean, I, I think if his fans would prefer to, to stay in D.C. because for all the reasons, if we can improve the facilities and do things, that, that would be a much better investment decision for him. But uh, you, you just have to ask him that question. Gotcha. Uh, by the way, I'm just curious, <clears throat> apropos nothing, but are you a sports fan? Ah, absolutely, I am. And you're a Cavs fan? In, yeah, I'm a Caps fan. I love, I love hockey. I love I love basketball. I love both of them. I'm a big tennis player, but uh, okay. you know I'm uh, I'm a big sports fan. Absolutely. How do you where do you stand on pickleball? Hmm. You know I love tennis so much. As I you know I'm not one of these tennis players that says don't play pickleball. I think it's, I think it's great that people are out doing right. stuff hitting. You know I think right. it's wonderful. All right, all right. You're gaining a little yeah, steam here with me, Andrew. I, I'll say this: you seem <laughs> yeah, very. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. seems very reasonable. I yeah. seem reasonable to me. Yeah, seem reasonable. Thanks to for joining us, Andrew. <laughs> thank You're not, you. Uh, yeah. I really well. Really, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Sure. All right, thank you, buddy. He's the uh, former yeah, vice well, mayor of Alexandria. What does that even mean? And he's the founding <laughs> member of the coalition to stop the arena at Potomac mayor. Yard. Mayor's right hand man, assistant coach to the mayor. So it's like vice president, vice mayor. He's, okay. he's you know Cliff Kingsbury to the mayor. None of us will ever will never <laughs> have that title. Well, I'm You'll sure never I'm... have Eric Bickle, vice mayor, next to your name. Uh, yeah, of any uh, place. Hundred percent. I now, didn't even know that was a thing. Now we have to give the other side. We got to see the, the other side of the coin yeah. now. Yeah, my, my guy, Jim because Van Stone. We live, on. Hello, we live in a democracy. JBS. That's the way things are done here. Jim Van Stone from Monumental, right? Yeah, well, I yes, want he will join happy. us next. <laughs> we will get the other side of the story next here on the Junkies. Sice looks like I hit a home run on Valentine's Day. I got the text this morning. Pictures of the little one with her balloon. Ah, very oh, good. Flower Nice. Well done. You scored some points. Impressive. You know all what? it took was five minutes of Harris Teeter. Eh, it was it a selfish endeavor. You did that so you would look good. <laughs> sure. You make that argument. Sure. Yeah. Or you could just say it's a defensive move. Like, if you don't, you're then you're a jerk. That. Like, you yeah. didn't even think about us one day a year. You got to think about us on Valentine's Day. <laughs> right. Well, I just said to D, I know the gym's on. I just said to D, uh, you know, I'd take you out to dinner tomorrow, but I can't. There so, you have it. Happy no, Valentine's yeah. Day. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it works sometimes. Yeah. You do a late dinner, go out for uh, drinks late. First of all, she's a teetotaler. <laughs> yeah. That's not fun. It's, yeah. How fun is that? Yeah. All right. Joining us right now is Jim Van Stone. He's got a fancy title. He's he the president of business operations and chief commercial officer at Monumental Sports and Entertainment, a good friend of the show. Happy Valentine's Day, JVS. 
What's up, guys? Thanks for having me on today. I appreciate it. Hope you're doing well. And, uh, you know, you guys actually should plan on taking your your sweethearts and your Valentines out to a Capture Wizards game down the line. Oh, Oh, I might be doing that. I think think I'm going to the Warriors game, You guys still haven't done the loft. No, the Hennessy. Yeah, the Hennessy. Is it called the loft? It is. It's the Hennessy loft. That's right. Honestly, that's only a sampling of hopefully what we're going to build out for the fan experience at Potomac Yard. (laughs) All right. So let's get into it. I don't know. Did you hear hear our uh, interview with Andrew McDonald? And and, and maybe you can tell us if you've had any experience um, talking to him and his group, which is the Coalition to Stop the Arena. You know, I, I haven't personally met Andrew, and I think we appreciate everyone's opinion. I mean, you know, and, and we're really bullish on the opportunity. We think, you know, certainly facts are a stubborn thing, and, you know, we think this is a game-changing opportunity not only for our fans but for the market. It talks about the regionalism of, you know, what we think we represent here in the, the overall DMV, and, you know, we think it's going to be a game-changing opportunity not only for the state of Virginia, the city of Alexandria, but I think for the region as a whole uh, from a sports fan standpoint. So we're excited about it. Jim, can you give us a little perspective here just sort of on the process? Because I was under the impression that, okay, this part passed, right? And then the next part they're thinking it may not. And then it sounded like Andrew thinks like, that's it. It's just going to squash it. But I feel like there's a lot more that can happen. This could be like a prolonged thing, right? Were you surprised at his sort of, uh, I guess, excitement at the possibility of this being a dead deal? You know what? Uh, I, I think we respect everyone's opinion. No, we, we weren't surprised. We, we were really excited about the opportunity. I think the, uh, the vote in, in the legislature, we were very happy with, with the win yesterday. In that process, we really had a, a great opportunity to progress the bill into the Senate. And you know what? We feel really good about the overall project. Our government relations people have spent a ton of time down in Richmond. Uh, we worked with a lot of key constituents. The city of Alexandria has been a fantastic partner you know, for us in this process, but we think we're just really gaining momentum. And, you know, I, I think the most important thing for us is really to make sure over, you know, hopefully the next four weeks or so that we really educate the, the greater community on, you know, the impact of what this project is going to bring, not only the Northern Virginia, but the greater Washington region. Jim, one of the things that I think you guys have pointed out to people that are disappointed that you'd be moving out of the city is how close it is to the city. You've talked about the proximity that it's it's less than four miles from the current arena. Now, what the other side has said is, well, it's not set up for an arena. Can you address that specifically, like parking is going to be an issue? So, you know what, that is the biggest thing that we're focused on. I think, and the great thing is that we've got a five-year runway before the project actually opens and the arena opens. I mean, there is a huge commitment, you know, not only from the city, the state, us at Monumental, you know, our partners in JBG Smith. I mean, transportation is going to be critical. And, you know, we've got really great experts, uh, a company called Kimberly Horn, that's doing studies and analysis for us. And, you know, we think there is a, you know, really great runway to, to, to make it as easy and convenient as possible. There's going to be more parking spots on the arena complex you guys have parked in the arena mm-hmm. you know before a capital one arena Thanks we only have you. about 300 parking spots i mean we're gonna have 2200 parking spots you know within a, a block radius you know of, of the arena and surrounding the arena so i i think between that the metro stop you know the public transportation the ride shares i mean there is a going to be a tremendous amount of effort and focus on that and we think the the, the, the transportation piece is going to be smooth and easy. I mean, but it's going to take a lot of work and dedication. And, you know, there's a big commitment from all the parties to, to really support that in a robust Jim, way. Can I follow up with that? So because yeah. I don't uh, I'm not I'm not sure I was under that impression. So are you saying that the new spot will ultimately have more parking than the current spot? 
You know, it, as far as our arena complex, yes, without a doubt. I mean, you know, the surrounding areas and everything like that, I think, you know, collectively, you know, there's a couple thousand spots. So there's going to be really ample amount of parking spaces for guests to come in and patrons to come in. And, you know, that was a key uh, decision maker for us. We wanted to make sure that the transportation, the ease of getting to the campus yeah. was as convenient as it possibly could be for our customers and fans. And, you know, that's always been a focus of Ted. I mean, he has always talked to, and we organizationally have talked about the driveway to driveway experience for our guests. I mean, that matters in the overall experience, and we want to make it smooth and easy. So, yes, there's going to be a lot of focus on the transportation piece of it. And, you know, at the same point in time, I think we want to be respectful. We're going to be uh, a new member of the neighborhood, and and we want to be and do things right for the community uh, of Alexandria, the Delray community, and the surrounding areas. Well, how can you make the transport? I'm I'm sure you guys have thought of it. I'm sure you have an answer. But how can you make the it's the coming and going easier if there's really only one way in and out. You know, I, I think maybe there is expansion of lanes. I, I think there's dedicated lanes. I think there's timing of lights that can be really efficiently done. I think there's, you know. You build uh, like an overpass or something? What's that? You build like new ro- – is there a way to do something like that, like new roads? Like There, there could be possibilities of that. I mean, certainly studies. You know, exits off of you know a, a variety of different thoroughfares could happen in the process. I think opening up – you know, space. I mean, the location of the arena is going to be three blocks in from Route 1, uh, hugging basically the GW Parkway. So there is a lot of ways to, to create the landscape to really make it a lot more efficient for guests coming into the building and arena. And, you know, that's that's critical for us. I mean, you know, we don't want people to have longer commutes to get to the facility. We want people to come early and stay late. I mean, we want to make it, you know, right. as turnkey as possible. So I think that's a big commitment. And, you know, public transportation is a big part of that also. I mean, we will work with WMATA and, you know, I think hopefully ex- expanding the opportunity with the metro stop that's there. You know, I think there's ride share opportunities from that standpoint, certainly busing and shuttles. I mean, there's a variety of different ways that you really can, you know, approach this in a very robust way. And there's a big commitment from all parties uh, to make sure that that's a primary focus. Jim, in a hypothetical world, say yeah. the Alexandria location just falls through, it's, it's dead. Does Ted and Monumental, do they have alternate sites, like backup sites that you guys are scouting? You know, like you got to have some plan sort of B. contingency plan in case this doesn't you know, work out. So, you know what? I think we're really highly committed to this project. We, we think this is the most incredible location. We think it's the best centrally located to make it convenient for fans across the entire DMV. So our customers coming from Maryland, from other parts of Virginia, even from the district, we think that's an ideal location. And, you know, we're, we're putting all of our – you know, focus on that. We think it is the biggest transformational opportunity. You guys know the arena itself. I mean, it's right now at Capital One Arena, we have four acres of land. This is 12 acres of land, better part of a 70-acre development. So there is a much bigger and, and bolder landscape. And then as you're part of National Landing, I mean, the north of everyone knows is Amazon HQ2. You've got Boeing's headquarters. And our neighbor right next to us is going to be the uh, Virginia Tech Innovation Campus for their uh, School of Engineering. So we're really excited about that. You know, we think this is the right spot for us. And, you know, I, I think that's why we're putting so much focus on the Potomac Yard location. Talking to Jim Van Stone, President of Business Operations, Chief Commercial Officer at Monumental Sports and Entertainment. I get the land part. I get all of that. But Kevin Blackstone in the Washington Post wrote about the cultural aspect of moving the team out of D.C., I'm using his language. He said, it's a stabbing, a deep stabbing, an excision, a cutting out of yet another part of what was the soul of the city. And in particular, he writes about kind of the black culture and moving basketball out of D.C. How tough is that 
for you guys to actually do that? Well, you know, first off, I, I, we respect everyone's opinion. We, we don't think that's the case at all. We, we think really uh, we get tremendous support from the district. We get tremendous support from Maryland. We get it from the Virginia. We get it from, you know, the diverse audience of what we have in the greater Washington region. There is not really a big diversity uh, difference between district and uh, the Alexandria location, but we feel really good about, you know, that process. I think one of the things that's really important for us is, is really – you know, the education process of the next four years before we move into the new arena. And, you know, I mean, we have been deeply committed to, uh, you know, the district, you know, the community at large. And, you know, I, I think even, you know, the entertainment and sports arena, we bring 60 basketball games a year just about to the entertainment and sports arena right now in that space. So, you know, we're fully committed to that. We don't think, you know, we're, we're ripping out anything from uh, anyone uh, from under them. And, you know, I, th- I think we've got some time to really educate the marketplace on that. This is a hypothetical, but did yeah. D.C. even have a shot? So the mayor of D.C. said, we'll give you $500 million. This was not necessarily what um, you guys wanted. Mm-hmm. You wanted more than that. But D.C. was willing to give $500 million <clears throat> to stay there. Let's say D.C. was able to give you everything you had wanted. Would you have stayed there despite the lack of acreage? You know, I, I think it really is about the expansion of the property. If you look at us so now, it's done I mean, deal we anyway. Mul- we we own multiple teams. We own mm-hmm. multiple venues. I mean, we we we've got a media network. We're just growing at a, a really large rate, and the experience of of the modern NBA and NHL buildings really. Uh, need a, a bigger landscape. So I think that the expansion is, is really the biggest focus for us. I mean, right now we have employees located in five or six different buildings all over the district, you know, in Northern Virginia. And, and this allows us to centralize our employees into one space. I think it allows us to, to work on the fan experience at a much broader level, you know, with having one major complex that's really going to be driving uh, a lot of our key fans to come out to the events that we host. And, you know, we, we think, you know, that space along with, I mean, we're more than just you know, the 80 Capitals and Wizards games. I mean, you know, we do 60 plus concerts a year. We do multiple family shows. I mean, you know, we think this process and what could be an immersive experience happens through the land piece of this. And that's one of the things that we're really excited about. You know, so, you know, the the conversation with the district, you know, we've been having conversations for the past two years. And, you know, uh, it was something that, you know, the Virginia opportunity arose in in that time. And and we felt that this was the right direction for us to really focus on. But it's less to do, Jim, if if I'm hearing right, it's less to do with money. It's less to do with, you know, crime in the area. It's more to do with land. For us, it is. It's about expansion. It's about creating better experiences for our fans. It's about, you know, people coming early and staying later. It's about immersive experiences that people can have on the campus. I mean, that's the biggest driver for us, you know, along with the, uh, you know, experience that our athletes and and our employees and, you know, people in our community have. So for us, we thought that was the right direction. We believe that's the right direction in terms of the way we're going. So, you know, I mean, there's been great history for us in the district. We're proud of that. And, you know, we've also offered to, to continue to be a Capital One Arena in a really robust way from an entertainment facility standpoint and, you know, working in alignment with the district. So we've been very clear in that messaging. And, you know, I, I think certainly the mayor and others will, will have those decisions to make. But, you know, I, I think, you know, for us, this is about expansion. And, you know, we also have a, a deep commitment to the city that we want to stay in that place and really help reimagine, you know, what the Penn Quarter District could be. So hold on. Yeah, let me just I have another question. But so 
So the idea is in a perfect world, if you have your way, you build a new arena, but then not only do you have like where the go-go play, but you you would still have Capital One and you'd have instead of, you know, 100 concerts a year, 300 concerts a year or whatever. Is that the yeah, idea? I, I think we think the music business is growing rapidly. We think we've become a great destination for NCA events. We think in a, a perfect partnership. I mean, we could work in alignment with, you know, the convention center and help them bring in more major events on an annual basis. So I think we believe in the growth of women's sports. And, you know, the Mystics have outgrown our 4,000-seat arena. And, you know, mm-hmm. most of the WNBA teams need arenas that are 10,000-plus. And, and the growth of women's sports deserves – an opportunity from that standpoint. So I think we're bullish in the fact that we believe that we can operate that building for 100 to 120 events uh, a year. And, you know, it's going to take a great partnership with the district. I mean, you know, but I think when it comes to the NBA, the NHL, you know, platform and the growth of it, you know, having more space and expansion opportunities to really highlight, you know, what we do, we think is important. And we think it's great from a fan journey standpoint, a fan experience standpoint. And, you know, hopefully creates a lot of value. And, you know, I, I think everyone knows in, in the marketplace, I mean, our commitment, you know, overall to growing the games. I mean, we bought our regional sports network really to help grow the game. I mean, our fans come from, you know, north of Baltimore, south of Richmond. You know, we are the third largest DMA in the country in the greater Washington region. So, like us buying the broadcast, we really wanted to hope, uh, hyper-focus on, you know, improving that broadcast experience of people who are following our teams that can't be at the live event itself. So, you know, we look at this, you know, opportunity now on the uh, physical piece of it, on the arena growth, you know, as potentially an opportunity to even expand on, on some of those efforts. Jim, quickly, let me just ask you about the political side of it. So, again, the process is what's confusing to a lot of us. So you guys get a win. You talk about this four-week window, I, I assume, where there's going to be the, the, uh, the next vote. Um, it, could this all – like you're, you're optimistic. you got a four-week period here where you're going to really educate people. But what other hurdles do you have? Like what if the vote doesn't go your way? I know you're optimistic that it will. Um, if it doesn't, is it dead or are there other avenues, there are other – because people talk about, oh, they don't want to give Youngkin a win, right, or – you know, that now politics gets involved in all right. this. Everything's political. Yeah, and they're going to have to wait a year and all that. Can you talk about those different <clears throat> scenarios? You know, I think we, we believe in what we've shared, and we've been very transparent in it. We think this opportunity creates 30,000-plus jobs. We think it's a $12 billion economic impact for – you know, the state of Virginia and also the city uh, of Alexandria. I think we're focused on it. We, we feel very confident in, you know, the process, and we are comfortable that, you know, the overall framework of the agreement from the MEI, which was the initial vote in, in December through, you know, passing in the House, we think we can get through uh, the next steps of, of the Senate process. And I, I think we are committed to, to working with you know, all of our key partners in in making that a reality. And, you know, I think that's really the big focus for us. I I think, you know, one of the great things that we have over the next couple of weeks is the opportunity for those people that have questions and those, you know, key people that we support from, uh, you know, political landscape, making sure that they have all the information so they can accurately decide, you know, those, those final steps. And I think we're optimistic that by the middle of March, you know, we'll have all those approvals in place. So I think that's our big focus right now. And, you know, we're hyper, uh, you know, uh, targeting on, on, on that outcome. So I, I think we feel really good about the direction we're going in. JBS, quick, I don't know if you answered this because yeah. I've been I'm just confused at everything. But are the Mystics <laughs> are the Mystics going to play at Cap One? Or I think there was a tweet from Monumental saying that they're going to play at uh, Entertainment Sports Arena. Is that true? 
Yeah, I think right now we're, we're committed to the entertainment and sports arena. You know, okay. we, we think in, in partnership, you know, uh, there is a, a landscape in the future to hopefully move the Mystics to uh, Capital One Arena. We think a lot of that is based on the need for, you know, more seats and more capacity for the women's game and the way it's growing from that standpoint. So, you know, I think we're optimistic in time that, you know, as we look at, you know, the next generation of Capital One Arena and what that landscape may look like, that the Mystics are a part of it. But, you know, in that time between now and then, I mean, we're certainly going to, you know, still have one of the best atmospheres in the WNBA at the Entertainment Sports Arena. And, you know, it's it's interesting with, you know, the growth of the women's game. It's funny. The secondary market, the secondary ticket market is booming for the Mystics. And, you know what, there's not too many sports that have had that opportunity, you know, when it's come to the women's game. So I, I think we're outgrowing that space. But, you know, I think in the short period of time, you know, our, our commitment and focus is, you know, to continue to play at the entertainment sports Jim, arena. Jim, are you, are you, are you going to put me in the uh, Hennessy loft? Is that where I, is that where I'm going to be, or for the Warriors? I think we're going to have more transformational opportunities. So yeah, we'll 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 maybe take a look at a loft experience. But I think you know what, uh, Eb, we'll have uh, probably some other opportunities that you may want to dabble in as we go into this new new arena. I think you know. No, he's talking about I'm next talking about week. The Warriors game. <laughs> uh-huh. oh, yeah. I'm talking to Warriors. Oh man, where are you going to put me? In the moment, I thought you guys were also. I heard you guys earlier today talking about Luke Bryan too. So I didn't know if you were positioning, you know, for that big show that we have coming to the. No, arena, you know but, what? I actually bought tickets to the Zach. Brian show for my wife okay. and all them in, but no, they bought them in Philly for some reason. Maybe Zach, Ryan or Luke Bryan. Zach Bryan. Oh, Zach Bryan. Zach I think Bryan. we botched yeah. it though. Oh, okay. So you know what? I'm working on the uh, the Warriors experience. I know I've got okay. a lot of pressure on me from that standpoint in a couple <laughs> weeks. So you got my commitment that we'll make sure that you guys have a, a really cool experience. So we'll try to see you if we can make do. that happen. Very Very Jim, you're the best. Thank you, Just Jim. throw in the parking. <laughs> Parking's Thank key. Thank you, Jim. It's Jim Van Stone, president of business operations and chief commercial officer at Monumental Sports and Entertainment. If you want to chime in, 800-636-1067. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Chucky's coming to you live on 106.7 The Fan. We just heard from both sides on the arena proposed to move to Potomac Yard, Alexandria. First heard from Andrew McDonald. He's part of the coalition to stop the arena at Potomac Yard. Then we just heard from Jim Van Stone. I noticed during the interview, I almost think Jim's great uh, PR guy. He must have said expansion 20 times. It's all about expansion. That's what they like, want. I, I didn't say this hypothetical, but I almost feel like if Mayor Bowser had said two years ago, I'll give you $2 billion to stay, I think they're getting maybe supposedly $1.5 billion no, from bill, Virginia. A bill and a half, yeah. If they said, we'll give you $2 billion to stay, they said no, because they want the land. It's about land expansion, the 12 acres versus the, is it two acres? I think he I said know. they have a four-acre four imprint at Capital One Arena. So they're tripling in size. And I do think it mitigates to some extent, even though I'm pretty sure we knew this, but that it's not like that that's old site or the current site would just you know, automatically go in the toilet and go back to Chinatown and the awful sort of part that it was. 30 years ago, they wanted to still be a thriving concert venue and, yeah. you know, like whatever. Home, have wrestling events. And, yeah, they yeah. want Taylor Swift to come play there. Right. And so it's you not know, like it's... that area will be completely abandoned. Yeah. So I think there's some validity to that. To that it will be That's... interesting to see how many roadblocks there are politically but, and how long, how much longer it's going to take. I'm totally confused because... 
the guy Andrew basically he feels like they're going to lock this up in like a couple weeks. Yeah. It'll be over. Yeah. Or maybe done the math on the the. I, I I don't know the Virginia State Senate, but maybe they've done the math on the Virginia <laughs> State Senate, and they know that more yeah, state senators just, are against it. Even if they it. lose a vote it, or let's something. Let's lean on Jason to name the Virginia State Senators. No. <laughs> Nobody knows their state no senators. Idea. Nobody knows their I, state I was just thinking of the psychology of this, though, right? So I moved into a new house two and a half years ago. If you're looking for new houses, mm-hmm. all right, and you're looking and you're getting, you're moving, you're checking out neighborhoods, you're looking at brand new homes. You start getting excited, right? You start getting excited. You start going down the rabbit hole. You're very likely not. You're very likely going to move and not at the end of all of that go. Eh, you know what? I'll just stay in my old house. Oh, you know what pooper. I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. No, of course. And, and they started looking well, at a new like, place. Don't look especially for a new when, car unless you want. Especially right. when interest rates are eight percent. Right, and they got you know fancy drawings and all yeah, this stuff. Artist renderings. Yeah, and <laughs> you start getting sized. Get the like, fans excited. Then the other side can say, "Okay, we'll give you. We'll, how about we'll give you a, a half a billion dollars to refurbish? Right, you your know current spot. You you don't want to stay at the current spot. It's like love it or list it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it is a lot like that. Yeah, but a lot of the guys isn't up loving it though. <laughs> A lot of people ended up loving it, which was surprising. Anyway. Mm. They want to move to a new spot. And I don't think the D.C. government, if they had raised or had proposed another half billion dollars, I don't think it would make a difference. The only way that Ted would well, stay no, in because that would be a billion, and they're getting a billion and a half from the Virginia. Only, they're still getting more. The only way I would ever see Ted staying in D.C. is if he went to the government and said, I'll stay in D.C., if you raise the next two blocks over and let me have all that real estate and let me expand my empire. Do you know what Kevin Blackstone That's the only wrote way I would see it happen. In, in the Post, and Trav brought this up during the break, but in his article in the Post where he said that this is a huge hit to particularly black D.C., mm. taking the basketball team out of D.C., he wrote that the politicians, this was just his own proposal, were not feasible. He's like, they should just... Knock down RFK, and that's where they build the new arena because that's land. Right. And that's what he wants, land, and that keeps you in the city. Well, then Josh Harris gets bitter because he's, eye- he's <laughs> eyeing that for the commander stadium. Like, <laughs> then, you, then you've got uh, a whole new can of worms to deal with. I don't know. My only thing about the concerts, and, and I do think that that is possible, I almost felt like it was just in reading the articles and consuming it like it's a throwaway. Like, yeah, we're 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 hurting DC. We understand that, but we'll still throw some concerts that way. And then you never know, like how many concerts are at Capital One. I mean, at um the old Capital Center venue at this point. Has anything happened there? Which Capital? Which what venue cap- are you talking about? Or did they knock that down? I'm so old. They the that Capital down. Center. Yeah. That's been, been gone yeah. forever. <laughs> yeah. So like, hold on. Like, you actually thought the Cap Center was still up? Uh, I don't know. My brain's much. I was. Yeah. I was Where are they doing at the MCI I Center? Mean, they stuck yeah. dynamite. In that thing yeah. So like, years ago. I don't know how. What's your point? I don't know what his years. Well, I think I'm guessing was, there's just listen. I think their argument is ready to get exploded. I think their argument is if Taylor Swift come in here instead of playing three shows, she played five instead of hey, instead hey, of Bad Bunny hey, doing hey. two shows. Taylor's, five. Taylor's outgrown. Okay, Captain whatever, Marino. whatever. She plays stadiums. Okay? Whatever. Uh, back off. Vanilla Ice. Whoever. Whoever. I don't like cakes. <laughs> uh, I don't get the cakes love of Taylor Swift other than his family likes Taylor Swift because you don't like that type of music. So like, do you listen it's to Ariana the, Grande? I, I like Taylor the family. Swift. I know, family. I know. I know. I know. Family influence. But my point is. 
Taylor yeah. Swift, there's a lot of artists that sound just like sure. Taylor Swift. That I don't feel like you listen to Ariana Grande. Yeah, I, think let's say. I think she's a few cuts above. She's like got a different. She's got a different sound than a Grande does, in I, my opinion. I, I, I think Grande's I, got a better she, voice. She appeals close. to my pop sensibilities. Yeah, I, she doesn't have the songs with the hooks that uh, Tay Tay has. Sure. Tay Tay has hooks everywhere. She's a bigger artist. Yeah, I mean, I, li- I like her music. Yeah, uh, I just surprised you like that genre. I'm just throwing Ariana Grande. You're influenced by family. I mean, yes. that's how I got into country. My kids are into country, so I got into it. Yeah. Tay Tay laughs at twenty thousand seat venues now. They're, they're hey, beneath her. Her dancers. So it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's, you know, whatever. She needs I fifty thousand and up. I think they would do some that might be ambitious to say that they would do two hundred because like, I think he said like a certain comedian would probably use that venue. Like a Jim right. Gaffigan might be able to sell that seats. I don't know if he could sell that many seats. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Nate Pergazzi. He's playing there later this month. Yeah. He's butt funny, too. Don't think he's not. I funny. Think, I think they chocolate. could probably fill it more times than you think. Monster truck shows. Oh, you know, what, Monster Jam. I've Yo, been to a Monster Jam. Monster Jam. just not going to be the Caps and Wizards. Actually, I think I went to a Monster Jam maybe at the old Patriots Center oh, back in the day. Plugs, brother. <laughs> like the loudest, loudest I know Andrew McDonald was talking about the Metro and how there's only one mm-hmm. you know, stop there, one track. But I would think Metro would have to expand. Well, yeah, and they they, would have, it. they I mean, already talked, talked about it. that. I mean, they, now they got what freaking Tyson's. So I mean, no, he's talking about the, you know the the traffic over there. Yeah, of course, traffic's going to increase, especially with construction. Look, I'm dealing with construction every day, but you should <laughs> see how many data centers are still being yeah. built. I mean, how much in data Ashford. is there? There's a lot. Much data Every freaking around? company's got their own data center now. <laughs> All right, got to take a break. But I'm dealing with it, so I can understand why they would be upset about that. Coming up next, Jimmy Train is going to join us. He's a writer for SI now, hosts the SI Media podcast. That's next here on the Junkies. First and goal. Mahomes swings it. It's there! Hartman! Jackpot! Kansas City! And this was the Andy Reid special. This was the Andy Reid special. We talked about he was saving all day. He's going to fake a motion to go across. And at that moment, he turns and goes back. Hartman, who they didn't have, right? And they go get Hartman and bring him back. And the drive of Mahomes' career. He's been waiting for his one Super Bowls, but he's never had it in an overtime. He is the best. He is the standard where Michael Jordan wins it again. That was Tony Romo at the end of the Super Bowl. Not letting the play breathe. Jumping right in and doing a Romo bit. And we wanted to have Jimmy Train on the show to talk some sports media stuff. He writes for SI Now. He's the host of the SI media podcast and jimmy i guess we'll start with with romo he's a real polarizing guy but when he first started calling games nobody knew really anything about his personality and he he was kind of lauded and loved and when did it start turning it started turning uh maybe after maybe his second third season um i think a big part of this is one of the things that made Tony a fan favorite when he first came on the scene was he was um, predicting mm-hmm. plays and was right <laughs> like 99% of the time. And it was almost like a magic trick. It was, it was very cool. The viewers liked it. And for some reason, um, I'm not sure why, but someone at CBS told him to stop. And um, hmm. ever since then, that element of Tony's broadcast is not there now. 
and he, he he's not your typical analyst. He's not Aikman. He's not Collinsworth. He's he's more like a fan, and a lot of people have gotten turned off by it. I, I yeah, I agree. He definitely has cut down on all that predicting stuff. But by the same token, I thought in the Super Bowl, and I guess I'm in the minority because I I don't mind Romo. I thought I was learning a lot. I thought he was making some awesome observations of like when Kyle called the timeout. He didn't like his defense that his guy, you know, set up. Um, you know, when the safety broke early and that was a big tell for the you know, I I thought he was excellent pre-snap. I agree with you. I actually thought Tony was very good in the Super Bowl. Yep. Told maybe late in the fourth quarter and then overtime. Now, it's it's been pretty apparent Tony's not the only one who got confused about overtime if, if you want to get into that but yeah. <laughs> you know, Tony's problem for me I enjoy Tony I'm not one of these people that's turned on him I still like listening to his broadcast mm-hmm. I do think Tony gets too hyped up too excited relies on hyperbole too much the example I wrote about was when the Niners got the ball on their first possession in overtime on a key third down, there was a wide receiver who was going to be open, but Chris Jones was able to put pressure on Purdy so he couldn't make the catch. And Tony goes, that was for the Super Bowl. That was for the Super Bowl. Well, it wasn't for the Super Bowl because the Chiefs were going to get the ball no matter what because that was the rule. So right. he, 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 he just goes a little too far here and there. He's, he's very big on the hyperbole and this is the game. You know, this is for the season. If he would tone that down, I, I think he'd be much better off. But like you said with the X and O's, you know, there was a great – I cited this in, in my column on Monday. Um, the the Niners were going were going to blitz. He said, I would not blitz. This is a big mistake. Don't blitz. They blitzed, and then, you know, Mahomes was able to carve them up. So he, he, he can still analyze the plays. I think it's not the X's and O's stuff that gets people annoyed. I think it's the sort of, you know, hyperness and – and declarations that he likes to make. Did you think he jumped in too early and was a little long-winded there, that clip we played at the end after the game-winning touchdown? Uh, to be honest with you, I did not, but that's been a huge theme. I've seen it written, and I've heard it talked about on the radio a lot. Yeah. And I think it's a little bit of a nuanced thing that, you know, I debated writing about this, and I'm like, I don't think people are going to get my message if I write it. But I sort of think in football – the laying out is a little – like in baseball, you want the announcer, the analyst to lay out. And in maybe in the NBA – I think in football, you know, in baseball, game-winning home run. You got the guy trotting around the bases. The crowd's going crazy. There's the bunny hop at home plate. So the, the scene there is important, and you don't need the people in the booth to speak. With the NFL, first of all, the Super Bowl's in a, in a neutral field, so there's no the crowd is not a factor. So you lay out, put the sounds play out. There's no sound. It's 50-50 crowd, and in football, they're all over the place. They're running all over the place. There's not that scene. I think you know in NBA, game-winning three-pointer. They they all mob in one place. So I think it's a little different in football. The whole theory of you know the analysts lay out and let the scene tell the pictures. I, I you know he could have let maybe Jim. You know, it could have been maybe a breath in between Nance's call and then Romo jumping in. But it didn't bother me, but I know it bothered a lot of people. And and as you point out, um, in terms of the rule, Chris Fowler was calling it for ESPN Australia and how he described the end of that the overtime with 10 seconds left. 
he clearly didn't know the rule because he was wondering if they could win that right there. And he said, the clock's inside 10 seconds. But even if the 10 seconds would have run out, they still would have been able to finish their drive. Right. And, yeah. you know, I don't – I'm at the point now where I don't fault Romo and Fowler because, you know, the Niners said they didn't know the rule. Right. I don't think fans knew the rule. And it is confusing that they have a game clock that's meaningless. Right. The play clock is important, obviously. Yeah. But what all that matters is that each team gets a possession. Yeah. So if the clock runs out, the, not, the Chiefs are still going to have the ball because the rule is they get to finish their possession. So for Fowler to go, we're under 10 seconds. There's two timeouts. So the Chiefs, though, like, it's irrelevant that there's 10 seconds and they have two timeouts. Correct. Yeah, you're just going to switch sides like the end of uh, mm-hmm. uh, of a second quarter. So get, getting off Tony Romo, but yeah. sticking with quarterbacks who are going to be broadcasting, I hate to tell you, with Tom Brady, my expectations, and who knows, a couple weeks ago were not high. Then I saw him talk about how much time he's allegedly spending preparing. I think yeah. he's going to be really good. What do you think? I think he's going to be great. I've actually said it from day one. I've said it for over a year that he's going to be great for multiple reasons. He's the greatest quarterback in the history of the NFL. So does that translate into being a good analyst? No, but he's going to tell us things that no one else can see or think. That just comes with being the greatest QB of all time. And his personality is such that he's going to work like an animal Mm -hmm. to be good. He's not – Tom Brady does not want to be embarrassed by being a terrible analyst. Plus, since he's gotten out of New England and away from Belichick, we've seen his personality. He's got personality. So there's a clip. I tweeted this um, a couple of days ago. There was a clip of Tom talking to Steve Young on his Sirius XM show last Monday. And Tom was breaking down quarterback play. Mm-hmm. And I tweeted, I said, if he does this in the booth, he's going to be great because he's doing stuff that no one else is doing. He's going to do stuff that no one else can do. So um, I, I listened to his weekly show, and if he brings that to the booth, it, he's going to be very good. What is, what is your take on the, the, the Manning cast? I've always – enjoyed it when they stick to the football when they do the shtick with the guests I, I i just get sick of it i don't care i don't you know i don't even care if it's brett Favre. like i don't want you to interview like break down the game do all that stuff talk about it from a quarterback perspective that's when they think they're at their very best yeah i, I my thing with the manning cast is i watched it it's the first year it was on and since ESPN got fucking Aikman. I haven't watched the Manning cast at all. Mm-hmm. So I do know when I did watch it, to me, the guests were brutal. Uh, I mean, you, it's a, listen, you have a three, three and a half hour window. You want to have one guest. Okay. Maybe bring someone on, you know, for, but three guests, it, it, just let those two do their thing. So yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that. And, and, and if you've noticed as the years go by, you know the A list, the A list guests. Now it's D list, so <laughs> right? You know, Jimmy, how much did necessary. the how much did the Kelsey Tay Tay coverage get on your nerves? Did it bother you? Uh, 
Yeah, I'm one of those people, like, you know, if you go on Twitter and you say it bothers you, you're a loser, you have no wife, you're in your mother's basement, you're pathetic. <laughs> I'm one of those. It bothers me. I, I just, I don't. <laughs> and, you know, everyone goes, oh, 50 seconds, 30 seconds. Like, no, no, but they're cutting to her at ridiculous times. Uh-huh. And I just, you know, I tweeted, at, well, you know, he had one catch for one yard in the first half. They showed it like five times. Right. What are you doing? Right. And I want, I'll show it when he make, drops a pass. Oh, yeah, they don't do that. No, they're not going to do that. But listen, I, you and it's not about her. All right, it's, it's not her fault. And I was, I have to say, I was surprised because out of all the networks, CBS was the one who showed the most restraint during the season showing her. They really didn't go to her a ton in the game against Baltimore in the AFC title game. But I, I, I'm assuming their logic was, listen, you know, 20 to 30 million people watch a regular season game. 120 million are going to watch this game. There's 120, 100 million people watching this game who don't care at all about football. Let's cater to them. And I don't think you can, you can dispute she had some impact on the Super Bowl rating because it was 115 million people who watched the Super Bowl last year. There's 123 million who watched the Super Bowl this year. It's an 8 million jump in viewership. Obviously, overtime is a huge factor, but I think she was a factor in that. I wanted to ask you about Pat McAfee. I know you've written about it. Um, he's all over the place on ESPN. I've noticed a couple things, right? And, and mm-hmm. obviously Aaron Rodgers is not part of the show anymore. He he also, and maybe it's winter, he seems to have ditched the tank tops. Like, what is going on? And I'm, I know it's a little thing. How much is ESPN influencing him? Or is he just simply doing his own thing? And he's, his popularity is going to take over ESPN. Well, Aaron will be back next year. I mean, he's just not there now because it's football season, but he'll be there in September, I'm sure. And I don't think ESPN tells Pat what to do. I think they may suggest a guest, They may, but it's not an ESPN show. Right. ESPN just pays to license, the, you know, to air the show. So they're not telling, and they're definitely not going to be able to tell Pat what to wear. They don't have that power over Pat McAfee. Um, so, yeah, I think it's just because it's winter. And you know, the guy, he's all over the place, like you said. He's doing Monday Night Raw every Monday. So, you know, he's got to travel. So he probably needs to need, – he needs some sleeves right now in the middle of February. Jimmy, there's a lot of wrestling content on your Twitter, mm-hmm. at Jimmy Traina. Uh, in the wake of the allegations against him, what's your view on Vince McMahon's legacy? Bret Hart – went hard against him with comments yeah. uh, recently equating him to basically like Jeffrey Dahmer and Harvey hmm. Weinstein. I'll tell you what I find most shocking about it. It's been the, the, the response or lack of response. Usually allegations like that come out and you have people defending you or not even maybe defending you, but saying, let the process play out. Let's hear you know, his like, like the legal process play like they have the WWE for the most part has completely washed their hands of it, and you can't find anyone outside of Vince himself who has said this isn't true or she's exaggerating or I, I you know, it's been very interesting to me that there's been no pushback at all, which makes me think. This is true, hmm. and if it is, I mean, you know, you know, he's a you sicko. Don't need me to tell you how how bad it is, exactly. Jimmy, man, great talking to you. 
He writes for SI Now, hosts the uh, SI Media Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for having me. Have a good one. Yeah, yeah you, you too. too. That's Jimmy Traina. Okay. Right now, we said we were going to reward the loyal listeners earlier in the show, and then I slept on it. That's what we do. But caller number 10 right now will hook you up with two tickets to go see Luke Bryan, Mind of a Country Boy Tour 2024. That's Saturday, June 22nd at Jiffy Lube Live. Tickets are on sale now. For tickets and more event info, visit thefandc.com slash events. That's courtesy of Live Nation. Again, just be the 10th caller at 800-636-1067. Our pal Paul Rabel will join us next. Fill us in on the PLL Championship Series which starts today at the St. James in Springfield. That's next here on the Junkies. Welcome back. Junkies coming to you live on 106.7 The Fan <laughs> and the Team 980. So only Jason and I are in studio. Now, Cakes, we have a coffee. Paul Ravel is going to join us here momentarily, and he wanted he a cup wants of coffee. He wants some coffee. He needs Apparently, to Apparently, Valdez and Cakes make a pot of coffee every morning for themselves. Uh-huh. And it's, that's just they're the guys that drink coffee, right? I think EB drinks a little <laughs> coffee, but... Jason and I don't drink coffee. So Never. It's, but apparently the pot is Never, like done. Ever, ever. So then Cakes is out getting coffee. <laughs> Meanwhile, EB, who's the lacrosse guy, Sorry. when I left the bathroom, he was uh-huh. literally grunting. No, I mean, I had a huge <laughs> one. I mean, he said no, he had I'm, to I'm but, but like I've been grunting. sitting on this one for a few hours. <laughs> it, it, but it, like, shouldn't it, that be easy? Like, I would think that would be less grunting because no, it would no, just no, be like, boom, in I'm gonna and be, out. I'm going to be uh, – sorry, Paul. I apologize. <laughs> I went to bed last night. Probably should have evacuated. So I just, just didn't just feel like it. dealing just with it. Sat there, <laughs> so you were just lazy. Yeah, I just didn't feel like You're dealing so with it. You're so lazy, you didn't poop. And then it didn't really hit me again until halfway through the show. All the caffeine, and then I went in there, and I mean, I'm not sure I'm finished. We're at well, our laziest know. right before bed, though. Yeah, yeah. I feel like literally. I've been there. Yeah, like he goes, fifty fifty coin flip. Yeah, yeah. It's like I, I was waiting. And Paul, I had pad thai with chicken last night. It was just <laughs> that's sit- not great. It was just sitting there all right. night. But I took care of it this morning. The gamble is that if you're like, okay, let me unload this thing, and yeah. then you end up just sitting on the toilet because yeah. it's not ready. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I kind of rushed my finish, you know, to be in here because I know you're Well, you got PR in here. I know. I got my man, my man. In the championship series, you guys are out at the St. James. Uh, you guys debuted this last year, the six-on-six format with you guys. I know I was sitting there with you. I had the privilege of sitting there with you as it was kind of unfolding because I don't think you quite knew how it was going to play out yeah. initially. And – like uh, seriously, these guys are so it's excited. Super high scoring. The right? scoring, and and I it's know physical, Paul, he's a huge fast. NBA guy, and he loves that high scoring aspect of it. Yeah, I mean, this is the Olympic format, so we're going to be back in the Olympics in LA 2028. That was announced last October, which is huge for the sport. First time the game's been back in the Olympics since 1904, 1908. But this game, especially for sports, I mean, you guys know I grew up listening to you guys and watching all of the traditional sports that actually have complicated rules, but when we learn them, they become second nature. Like football is pretty complicated, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it's second nature to us. This is a version of lacrosse that is so easily digestible. Mm -hmm. It's, it's like hoops. It's back and forth. If you miss the net, the other team gets it. There's no offsides and it's physical face offs, right? Isn't it? There's a face off to start the quarter. That's it. Yeah. Right. That's it. Possession. Then the goalie goalie picks it up and then fast break. I'm telling you, if you've been on the fence about lacrosse or if you've watched it and didn't get it and abandoned this version of the game and the athletes that are playing is insane. Yeah. I bet bet the athletes are ridiculous. Didn't we bet every single over in the 
in the, uh, in the, last in the series, series. The championship last year. series. I can't remember. I, I, I think I remember. Did they all hit? Remember. I mean, no, no, no. I think you explained it to us. Then Eric told us, I don't know what you're doing. You should bet every single over that's offered to you. And then right. we, I think we hit every single one. Start, you hit every single one. I mean, it's like adjusting? 25, 24 games. Yeah. Some yeah. of them are 17, 16. But the the point is sort of the pace. We, you know, Speaking of athletes, we have a kid making his pro debut who was the captain of Stanford football inside linebacker. All-conference, Pac-12 at the time. His name is Ricky Miazon. He went to Episcopal High School. Oh, wow. And I wasn't sure because Chris Hogan came over to the PLL, and he, he was challenged a bit. And even though he played at Penn State, he was like, damn, the skill and the speed mm-hmm. is really fast at the pro level. This kid looked really good last night. Did he? Yeah, he has the ability well, to take the thing over. To, oh, what's his name? He's like Ricky Miazon. He's like 6'5", 235. No, he was a linebacker. Hawks. But, but – but like, to, how, how fairness, can he so move Hogan, like Hogan that? Hogan hadn't played in ten years, right? Linebackers are a little bit thinner than they used, they used to, to be. be yeah, 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 yeah. No, Not many Ray Lewis's running around. He could have gone anywhere. He was the number one recruit, and yeah. he committed to Carolina. And then Maryland offered him, Notre Dame offered him, uh, both football, lacrosse, and then he went to Stanford instead, yeah. just for football. Now he's back. So we got have guys like him, have guys like Romar Dennis, who's also 6'6", 230, mm-hmm. fast, long-range shooter. The goalies so it's fun. in here, they're, they're nuts to begin with. They're nuts. They're yeah. super nuts. Mm-hmm. Like, they're literally dumb people. Yeah. Just well, because we gave them more pads. You did? Taking, oh, you did? Yeah, they're taking way more rubber on <laughs> yeah, right But they're still getting hit. Still getting no, they hit. are. But, I mean, dude, it's so high-paced. They're so close, and they're just ripping. Yeah. Right. I mean, is it possible that the six on six becomes more popular than the full sport, and then the PLL would shift the model? Yeah, sounds like you're in our uh, front <laughs> office having conversations because we. Ha- I mean, we have to. Thank you, brother. You're we have. Uh, Where's your coffee, bro? By the Hopefully, way, it's not terrible. We, <laughs> yeah, I love it. I yep, see the whip yep. snakes gear everywhere. I wish yep. they were playing this week. I know. I, I feel know. like I just gave the world's best lacrosse player the world's worst cup of coffee. Why? So <laughs> I apologize if that's the case. Why? Because uh, I was scrambling. He was rushing it. Nah, it was the, great. The coffee machine in the break room. I mean, I thought we had time. I didn't know I we mean, were going off right away. I wouldn't that have asked. I rinse out and hopefully doesn't taste like soap. So <laughs> I'm just apologize. trying to get some coffee so I can evacuate like EB. Hopefully you're not groaning and moaning like he was. <laughs> it was ridiculous. I mean, so big. So, okay, you said yeah. the front office. So I'm, all, I'm just speaking hypothetically because yeah. I know that you've been successful from, like, probably where you are right now to when you started. You couldn't have seen where you are right now. No. No. When so we you've started... come that far. But that said, I'm wondering if this model six on six is more appealing to average shows and eventually could be the big deal. I mean, we, that was the first thing, the first reaction we got, we got a call from a couple of ESPN executives after the championship series last year. And they were literally like Mike and Paul, what are we going to do here? <laughs> Cause this is an incredible game. And they were like, here's why from a network perspective, because it's a smaller field, because there are more possessions, because it's back and forth, your stars end up having the ball in their stick more often and scoring more like what happens in basketball and it becomes easier for us to build them into superstars as the network. So that was kind of interesting. Now, we spent a lot of time thinking, all right, is it going to ever transition at some point, especially after the Olympics in 2028 when 3 billion people watch this version of the game? Hmm. Maybe. I also think from a business perspective, it's good to have two two distinct properties. Totally. You know, like like a lot of the individual sports do. They have the four majors. And we can live on the other side of the calendar, and you have some teams that are really good at sixes and your traditional teams. What I don't want to do is 
you know, stick my foot up my ass and abandon 10 on 10 and college and youth be like, dude, what right. are you doing? Yeah. Right. Yeah, for sure. So there's loads of examples of this, right? Before, well, I guess a lot of the top wrestlers in the nation, they either do UFC or WWE. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I, I'm so also thinking some adoption. I, I'm wondering if this comes into your mindset. The NBA debuted the in-season tournament this year. Yeah. So is this almost? But see, it's not during your regular not season. During. That was smart by them. That's more like an FA Cup in the Premier League. Right. They're going to sell it uh, separately. I think when they mm-hmm. do their media rights deal, um, that could be a property that goes over to someone like Netflix. To be honest, because they're looking at continuing to get into live sports and. And properties that have a you know, shorter window. I think the. the oh, you the, guys need to do your own Netflix doc, just like Breakpoint. I've been well, pushing like hell, Gabe Spitzer, him. if you're listening. They did one. You did one. Yeah, we right. had a documentary. It's yeah. on Hulu and ESPN Plus it was called Fate of Sport. about you. Yeah, yeah it's about yeah. building the league, but right. but to grow the stars. Yes. Yeah, our drive and to show survive. the behind the scenes stuff in locker rooms. Totally. And, yeah, and it's different. It it leans more cheer. Yeah. Than it does. You know, NASCAR, just because our audience is still smaller and these guys are, you know, making low six figures mm-hmm. versus high seven figures and eight figures in, in, right. in the major leagues. So, but the cool thing is, like, Mickey Rourke in The Wrestler, you get to see the, the like, the traditional sort of pound-for-pound pound passion that isn't predicated as much on getting a $750,000 bonus at in week 16 if you catch a ball. Right. What I think the best part of what Paul and Mike have done and all their partners is this sport, it's new to a lot of people, right? It's so good on TV, your production values are through the roof. Even with this, the championship series, it's unbelievable. And so, like, if you're on the fence on lacrosse or, like, you're not even quite sure, but... um. (laughs) But uh, people watch it, and they're like, wow, I've never really watched it before. It's a pretty friggin' incredible sport. And that's, like, terrible production values, yeah. like ESPN+, Plus, nothing. When you watch the PLL, I'm not just saying this, it's incredible television. We're adding two more components this week, though. One's a jib cam, which is essentially this huge crane that leans mm-hmm. over. It, it'll right. feel like oh, a yeah. sky cam, but you can target... Because of the pace in the smaller field, a sky cam would have been difficult for us. Right. So we have that that sort of sky cam view, and then we're going old school XFL. And I've been working with our RF cam, which is essentially a guy with a gimbal mm-hmm. who's a good athlete, and he has a chest protector. And we've identified zones of the field where he's going to come on the field in, during oh. play. Yeah, and then we'll cut right to it. it's an 8K. How's he not going to get killed? He had better have good cardio. He's I, t- good I taught him how to banana we, we in and out. To, he's like, got good IQ. Yeah, we talked it. about 8K. Fill us in because EB used to always complain. He's the biggest TV snob of all of us, yeah. right? He's like, well, there's nothing even on 4K. What's on 8K? So 8K is like a it, – it, you know, honestly, it's it's the right call because I used to go back and forth with the camera. People be like, this isn't 8K. But it's the language that networks are using to essentially show a lens that has depth of field. So it's basically the portrait mode on the phone. Okay. That if you see that a lot of times it's sideline interviews with coaches and some of that's the eight K cam where you're like, Wow, this looks cinematic. Yeah, yeah you know yeah, you uh, like it. when they score a touchdown in yeah. the NFL. That's the, that's the like exact that. camera they're using. It's like yeah. Yeah, they yeah, yeah. Exactly. hundred percent. Yeah. Hundred percent. Hmm. Uh could you stick around for another segment? Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, let's have Paul stick around. It's a PLL. They're at the St. James. Uh, if you haven't been there, 
It's worth just going just to see that. The venue is incredible. How many people? Uh, it's got the top four teams, the Cannons, the Redwoods, the Water Dogs, and the PLL champion Archers. I think we sell out each night at probably 3,000 3, to 3,500. Yeah, it's, it's a tight venue, That's, so it's a cool vibe. Yeah, We got to yeah. talk about our whip snakes. Yeah, where are our snakes at? I I think know, they didn't finish on. inside the top four. This is like a Champions League. You only qualify if you finish in the top four. I mean, we want right. to back champions in here. <laughs> I mean, you got a two-time <laughs> chance, but I feel you. I mean. right. So are these all, all right. division winners or just the top four? In their They're the top four. Records. From, yeah, and then okay. this. This off season, we finally put our eight teams in into markets as we right, talked about. Right. Well, so, Trav's a turncoat over it. He's a water dogs guy. We're all wearing whip snakes here. Right. He brings yeah, in his water, Philly water, boys. water dogs. Nah, no, we got a mix. We yeah, got a mix yeah, of yeah, gear. Yeah, That's yeah, why. Yeah. 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 Oh, we're whip snakes. We're, we're team whip snakes. We're team yeah. whip snakes. Yeah. Team, Gotta team be. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Don't go anywhere. More with Paul Rabel. We're getting handsome shamed by our in studio guest, Paul Rabel. The 2024 PLL Championship Series starts today at the St. James Inn. Springfield, the Olympic-style six-on-six round-robin tournament, features the league's top four teams from the 2023 season. Cannons, Redwoods, Water Dogs, and the 2023 PLL champion Archers. Maybe the Whips will be there next year. So you mentioned this before. This is going to be the first year where it's teams in, like, a home stadium or a home location. Yeah, and it's already changed the impressions that we get from our fans. Like there was a scrimmage that we aired last night on social between Boston and Philly. And there was a fight that broke out and, and the people like Boston, Philly, you know, <laughs> right. they're getting into it. Right. And, uh, and the players love it too. Cause it's just, I mean, look, we, as we've been talking about our trajectory uh, since we started with you guys. And a lot of it is business, you know, right. and a lot of it is looking at modern trends and how to build audience and the rise of star players. But in the end, man, the the athletes as much as the fans love representing a city, they love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I over the holiday I was sitting with one of the great Manchester United players in Gary Neville, and I asked him what his what what his it was because every pro athlete you you have something in the locker room that you either have to turn on or it happens organically like that fire in your belly. And he he was a great midfielder back and forth, and he was like, I think it was unique for me because I grew up in Manchester. And so I was obsessed with United, mm-hmm. and then I ended up playing for that team, so it was full circle. And we have a few guys that worked out that way that are Maryland born and bred. They can play for the Whips, and you have this really deep connection. So that 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 fires me up as a sports fan. Wait, when a lot, a lot, the largest portion of your career was with the old MLL, right? Yep. And so you were with Boston and New York. That's right. Which one do you identify with more? Boston, because they drafted me. Yeah, but I had some of my best days in New York. Right, you know, or do you most identify with your college team or your high school team? Yeah, like deep down, I mean, I think yeah, I think college never goes away, yeah. which is why we love college sports. High school is one of those deeper connections, right? Like we got stags in the room, yeah, and and so you kind of and uh, Raiders, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's a there's a different personal connection around high school. Kings but, cares uh, more about the Vegas Raiders. I mean, we saw it with Michigan <laughs> football, right? They have a crazy alumni. Base. Oh yeah, right. Oh, yeah. So how does this affect the business model? Because I thought one of the great parts of your early model was you weren't tied into paying yeah. rent and paying stadiums and all that stuff, right? So obviously you're doing well enough to make this transition. This is a yeah. big move. Big move. Yeah, it's one big of those move. it's one of those you can't unwind moves. Yeah. Um but we felt like so lacrosse fans have gone from 15 million in the US in 2018 to now 45 million. That's an MRI Simmons study. And the game we feel like we've we've 
We've accomplished what we wanted to out of the gates, which is get lacrosse fans excited about the PLL. What is soccer by example in the United States? In the United States? Yes. Because you just uh, gave me a $45 million. Yeah. Like NFL is probably $300 million, Yeah, NFL is just about everyone in the U.S. They, they, studies will say, Deloitte would say there's $150 million to $200 million casual sports fans in the U.S. Okay. But globally, soccer has 4 billion people. That are either familiar or kick a ball at some point in their lives. I'm just curious because it's like soccer's one insane. of the things you the would say a couple of years ago is that you wanted to get to where the MLS is. Yeah, but the MLS, like for your average soccer fan, they're watching a lot more of European soccer on they the are. weekends yeah. than a random, you know, Chicago versus New York game. That'll be the MLS's challenge until they get Kylian Mbappe, maybe, hmm. but. Lino Messi was more akin to David Beckham. I mean, we, we it was easier to, to rag David Beckham, but he was 32 when he came over. He was still in a prime. Messi's the greatest player ever, mm-hmm. and he's in the MLS. That's helpful. But by and large, you've got to get the best talent to be able to put your flag in the ground and have sports fans, especially in America, mm-hmm. feel a certain way about you. And that's, that's what we love about the PLL is we don't have that challenge. But credit to MLS and Garber. He's done a fantastic job of building that business over the last 30 years what it is who's the best college player right now best college player is this kid brennan o'neill where's he he's at duke he's a senior he played for team usa like christian leitner did in uh in the dream team of 92 except he was the mvp of that team oh okay so he he's 17. He's on another level like he was the number one recruit in the country as a like freshman a grader yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he's on another level. We've got this kid, Pat Cavanaugh, out of Notre Dame, Connor Schellenberger out of UVA. I, I don't think there's ever been a draft class and college lacrosse with as much potential stars as we have as right now. Yeah. So we get fired up about that. Yeah, you guys have the draft. They do the whole draft thing, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah. And you guys kind of mimic like the NBA and NFL yeah. drafts. And you go out there, and I think, and I love it. It's just such a baller move. You go out there, and you do the first round picks, right? Yeah. And then. Uh, I don't know who does the second round. Well, our our VP of lacrosse, Rachel Shaka. Yeah. <laughs> and Nicole's like, yeah, I'm out. I'm yeah. only doing first <laughs> it's round. The first round. <laughs> yeah. Hey, could you get? <laughs> hey, could you That's get why. one of the junkies with the whip snake gear to do the announcement? Like in the NFL, sometimes they'll have the fans come out and like. Yeah, hundred percent. So we take Studio <laughs> A is what they call it in Bristol. Yeah. It's the big NFL studios, and that's where we do our draft. And our coaches come in. And they pick live. So you can read the card. I, I, you know, you can be the there's guy a that huge audience section I that I want room. to fill up. By the way, we're many levels above fans. We're part owners. Of I know, but my point is, in the NFL, they'll have people come out there and part read the card. And they'll yeah. say, the third round pick, the Vikings right. select. Right, right, right. Well, it's got to be a role. It's got to be a role. Let's fly one of you guys out. Yeah. Stevie Bickle's going to get it. drafted. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, 100%. If one of you guys want to be there and be on air, I'll set it up. Well, yeah, I definitely done. have to be at least. All right, we'll talk about it. Even just like a dummy in the corner, you know what I mean? We don't even have to have a role. There's no, no. I think I think it would be, be the good guy. If you come up and make. I don't it. know that they do this. It'd be the old school. The people that would answer the phone. Yeah, yeah. Like answer the yeah. phone. You're answering the phone from the. And then after the pick, you high five everybody. So, all right. So again, let's just lock in here for a moment. So St. James. Yep. Get in there. Give some of the bigger name guys that are here participating. Yeah, I would say. So the opening game is Redwoods Cannons. So you have Boston, California. And you have, I think, the most star power. That's at 530 on ESPN2. And then the second game is at 730 on Plus. Mm -hmm. And that is a championship rematch from the summer. 
between the Water Dogs and the Archers. So you have Philadelphia and Utah. So both we we schedule this, you know, intentionally. So you get a, a grudge match in a lot of ways with both opening games tonight, and then we play for the next three days, and then we go into elimination that begins on. Saturday, Sunday, championship. And the Monday. games he already mentioned, like in the script, like the games do get chippy. I know that oh, yeah. the guys, I know oh, Paul I and him like that. That's like an NHL thing, right? Yep. Like you're all about it. Like yeah. you want to go, let's go. I mean, it's just sort of the way sports are, especially when it's a stick ball sport and there's contact. Right. I mean, I, I wouldn't say we're, I mean, we allow fighting, right? And it's a five minute <laughs> penalty. It's a five minute penalty. So, you know, we, we try to. We try not to to encourage it. What was but the best if fight it happens, of your career? Do you remember? I was playing. NLL? I mean, I got yeah, I got into a, a pretty decent scrap in the NLL when I was playing in Washington. <clears throat> Fought this guy from uh, Calgary, and it was a good tilt. Yeah. <laughs> good tilt. I mean, that, you know, that was you you peel your bucket, drop your gloves, and gloves come off. Yeah, square up yeah. and try to like jersey grab. Yeah, and yeah. Just leverage. It's different than boxing, right? And I think. That's very where a lot of to Canadians like are good. Stuff, right? Yeah, it's very similar. Canadians are great fighters in that format. They got a, At a street fight. A street fight, I take too. one of us. Right. Well, yeah, yeah, dude. Years yeah. ago, I mean, like the first year of the show, we had Craig Berube join us in studio, yeah. and he was an enforcer for the Capitals then. And we asked him to demonstrate, of course, on cakes, of course, yeah. how he get somebody, and he. Had Cakes' sweatshirt or whatever yeah, he, over his head, over his head, like, head in, a, in a split he, he second. He just grabbed the jersey down here, pulled <laughs> it up over my head, and I was like, <laughs> "There's a locking mechanism second. too, it, so it you grab yeah, yeah. and you twist, and then you and have then the you jersey pull, locked." Pull it close to you. Don't, yeah. the, don't yeah. the Canadian yeah. kids like they're doing this in juniors, like at eleven yeah. and twelve years old? Like yeah. they drop gloves. Yeah, and hey, look, we dug into the rules of it because we have fighting rules. So, so the, the most important piece is third man in; they're gone. Because that that's what leads to a melee. Oh, so the the importance of taking the helmet off <laughs> yeah. and gloves yeah. is you're designating to the officials mm-hmm. and the rules committee that okay this is a fight between these two they're both going to serve five right okay it what, what leagues NHL PLL NLL we can't have is these bench clearing right what's the fights. college rule uh, no fighting yeah. No, you're gone. Oh, you're you throw out. a puncher out. <laughs> yeah, you're out. Yeah, I mean, that was the case in, in MLL. Soft. And I, I got kicked out of two games for throwing punches that, like, you know, it was just responsive to someone cross-checking you in your neck. Right, yeah. yeah. So it's, like, reactive I, yeah. and but I do, gone. I will give too res- much. I will give respect to lacrosse guys because I see it all the time. I see it every week, right, when I go to the games. These guys are tough, and they take a beating, and they just pop up. And largely, I mean, they might they chirp. I mean, there's a lot of chirping. But uh, they, they kind of just move on. Like, it's yeah. lacrosse Part of guys. The game. Are tough as hell. So yeah. Tough hockey, as anybody. Like they'll they'll the scrap and exactly. then you know, they'll just skate off, and the you know they're okay after it. So many guys do both. You know, yeah. Wayne Gretzky did both. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Johnny Tavares did both. Mm-hmm. You know, those guys are are big supporters of PLL and lacrosse. Well, what it's awesome. The ESPN deals, they're thrilled. You're thrilled with them. <laughs> They've been fantastic. As, as all the news that they that they had last week around that joint venture with Turner and Fox as its own sort of sports streaming streaming platform, and uh, they, I think they're doing a good job of responding to big tech, Amazon and Netflix getting in by surrounding mm-hmm. the environment, the skinny level all the way to Hulu Live TV. So, and they've got shoulder programming, and they promote the PLL quite a bit across their social. And that that's a huge value prop for us. Right. We want them to do to us what they did to the UFC 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Have you met Dana? Yeah. 
Yeah, we've had him on the show a bunch of times. I, I'm he's liking a good dude. him more and more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really like him. him, and he's a grinder, and right. you just need that. Right. You need people who are relentlessly passionate and almost irrationally passionate about a sport to lift it, and then you need irrational investors. All right, everybody go out tonight. Good it's stuff. the St. James in Springfield. You, it's the Olympic-style six-on-six round-robin tournament. You can catch it on ESPN, ESPN2, and ESPN+. Plus. Paul Rabel, thanks so much for joining us. We're out of here. Be Mitch and Finley up next here on The Fan. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.